Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out wavekey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Pada Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pada Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Foo Wax, the wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And Layback Lars. And those Laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Bonsai Balls. They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck. They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it, I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing, only 100 calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just love his intro. You're so good at that. Straight to the point. Uh, our guest this week is a momentum generation surfer, meaning like the Taylor Still crew. <laughs> Part of the OG. Yeah. I mean, but a, late night, you were part of that too. I was too. But yep. he's a power surfer and a master of rail-to-rail surfing. Oh this my guy. Gosh. Probably one of the most fit surfers ever, which resulted in being on tour for 18 years. Still to this day. Yeah. Still fit as... He did hell. hold the title of the oldest guy on tour until Kelly put an end to that. Yep. <laughs> you know he was going to break everyone's record. Not, even in the little records. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Wait, what do you got? Yeah. Okay. Give, me, this, give this, me a second. I'll, I'll get to that one. Yeah. But this guy's a you know, big wave charger. He won a huge K2 event, which was part of the... Which turned into the Billabong Double XL. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. It was it pre, was, pre, uh, pre. Yeah. I went to that party. 50, 50K. In, uh, it was the first year. First yeah. year. Guy yeah. won 50K on a 52-footer. <laughs> yeah. I went to that smokes. awards party in... Um, it was, was in, that? Fashion Island. Yeah. yeah. And I had to fly home from Australia because I was, I was in Australia on tour filming an on a mission movie called um, Eight. And... Um, I had to fly home. I flew home for 48 hours and then flew right back to Australia <laughs> for that party. It's epic. Pick up your $55,000 Well, I check. told them, they called me and they're like, hey, we want you to the party. I'm like, I'm not coming to the party. I'm in Australia right now, you know? And they're like, they're like, well, we can't tell you anything else. And I'm like, well, if you can't tell me, it's worth it for me. To, they're like, well, it's worth it. You should really come back. And yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so obviously we're, people probably already know who we're talking with, but this guy has spent his life improving his mental and physical well-being through yoga meditation and just training strength training and he has a website that you could check it all out at arcmethodcourses.com we welcome taylor t-bone <laughs> tko captain america <laughs> Knox. Woo! oh thanks chalky thanks yeah. late night dude thanks i'm happy to be here i'm happy you're here yeah, yeah we're happy thank you for letting us into your Beautiful home. Yeah, yeah, man. It's just um, my humble bowl. It's been I've been in here for twenty five years. So epic. Have yeah. you really? Yeah. Rad. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's a beautiful home. I'm so, not going anywhere. So there's lots to ask this guy right here because I mean, obviously, you. Uh, I mean, one of the best surfers that we know. Yeah. I, I mean, think everybody will will contest to that. Um, when people say. You know, man turns and power turns and style and, and yeah, there's not very many people that everyone has on their list. And Taylor Knox is for sure on everybody's <laughs> list when they say man turns. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just lucky, I guess, you know, like I always idolize Tom Kern and I feel like I'm still f chasing him, yeah. you know, like yeah. in a way, like <laughs> still in his free scrubber came out. I'm like, okay, well, this is, we're going to get weird in our older age and we're going to do this, you know, yeah. like, you got to stay, I love you gotta, it. yeah, you got to stay in, in, interested in the sport and, and he's, he's doing some interesting things. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning, T-Bone, where, where and when and how did you get into surfing? Uh, actually, the the love for the ocean started for me in Oxnard. Um, I was born in Thousand Oaks, and um, my mom met my stepdad, and you know he lived at Oxnard Shores, and so we moved in with him. Um, I think I was seven or six at the time, and I hated the beach. I hated it. Well, Why? it's cold up there, and it's and cold, foggy and cold and sand. I hated sand. You hated. I, I,
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, and his sand, yeah. At seven years old, you just said, Fuck Oh, sand. man. And yeah, you know, and the water was freezing, and it's a rough beach, you know, like the waves are pretty... Yeah. It's it's not like yeah. learning to surf at Doheny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a whole different deal. There was no like fun, easy reforms or anything like that. Just you know? smashed shore pound with deep spot and then an outside and you had to yeah. Yeah, it was it was tough for a for a kid. Did, but did your stepdad surf or he did. Oh cool. Yeah, he grew up being a Malibu guy. He was you know, he grew up in uh, the valley, so that was like Malibu was his spot. Mm-hmm. But then we lived up there, so he liked surfing C Street. Because he rode longboards, and yeah. so I kind of just got dragged along with him everywhere, you yeah. know. And then we spent. A, did you oh, go straight to surfing, or did you boogie board? No, or? I was a boogie boarder for a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had like the original Mori boogies, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we all did. It's funny. We just had Walter Snerdy on, and he said that he glued his boogie. It came in together. a kit. It came in a kit. The oh, first one. No way. So yeah. yeah, you didn't have the original. Oh, ones. I didn't those have are, the original. Yeah, those yeah. are the original ones. <laughs> Damn. Glued your own kit together. You know, it's funny because Tom Murray invented the boogie board here in Carlsbad. Yeah. yeah. And he lived here. So it's funny that I moved to the town where the boogie board was invented. I Maybe I should go back. <laughs> Kalani did. Yeah, Kalani. making a whole He's making a whole career. second career out of it. <laughs> I would look just like a follower after that, though. Oh I can't gosh. keep up with that guy. <laughs> Little Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Spinner, this he can do more spins on a, a bodyboard than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. Sorry, Chris Juan. Yeah, <laughs> one time, dude. He's another one, man. Insane. Yeah. So, so going back, you you boogie boarded, and then your stepdad introduced you in surfing. He did. He got well. I just kind of, you know, my parents were like, after school, we weren't allowed to come in the house. They were like, go outside, and I'll see you when it's dark. Yeah. And that's we what it should be. Weren't allowed to come to the house in the yeah. house, you know. So finally, I was just like, well, you know, there's not many kids here. It was a pretty isolated place. I was the last house that was on stilts on the sand on the beach, going in the north part of the beach. Wow. So and there wasn't a lot of kids. I had two or three good friends, and we all kind of boogie boarded, and my sister too. And then these two young guys moved across the street. And they were really good surfers. They were in their probably 20s, construction worker guys, but they ripped. And one of the guys' name was Tom Kern. That was his real name. And well, the other not guy, the Tom Kern, no, but the Tom Kern. No, he wow. Went, yeah, goofy foot guy. And the other guy's name was Tom Power. And they were roommates, and they had they had a spare single fin. It was like a big orange one. It, 
and it had one sticker in the middle of the board, just a Jesus sticker. And that was it. There was no other logos. <laughs> and I would go over and pound on their door and like bug them. You know, they were probably really. Let bug. me borrow it. Let me kind of borrow your board. You know, and um, Tom Kern ends up being Timmy Kern's uncle. Oh dang! And yeah, so That's I was small world. Yeah, small world. So. Before Timmy was born, his uncle was loaning me my first surfboard How I learned awesome. to stand up on. That's crazy. Yeah, because yeah, that's where they <laughs> Did you ever tell Timmy that? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, his uncle, you know, still remembers everything. And we always send greetings to each other through Timmy because I haven't seen him. But, yeah, those guys are still up there and around that's Silverstrand cool. and that's still it. surfing. And small world. Small world, yeah. They took me to my very first surf movie in the Ventura Theater, which was, I think, Free Ride or... Wow. Beyond blazing boards or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? for sure. But it, that was a really special thing, you know, to go to a surf movie. You know, they, they came around like once a year and yeah. stuff. And We talk about that. Oh, like, man, I miss those oh. premieres so much. I mean, every, the vibe in the theater. Yeah. The hooting and hollering, yeah. the whistling, when it the starts, beer bottles, it goes dark, the, yeah. you know, like the, the <laughs> roar. Like as soon as somebody's dropping into the, the pit, the barrel, like it's just like, you know, the, it's high pitched. People yeah. are frothing. Someday we're, we, we need to kind of emulate that oh, bring experience, it back. you know. And it doesn't have to be like a new current movie. And, you know, some of these like nostalgic, like kind of, you know, incredible movies back yeah. in the day. And they still are today. I mean, the sound, the, the, the so, filming. So do you remember... The first wave you took off on? Was... I remember I remember getting out the back at the shores and being like, you know, like, oh my God, I made it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I I felt like Yeah, I an accomplishment. It, accomplishment. I got out through the back and I was like ah, shit, what that's when I knew I was gonna be a surfer. Wow. You know what I mean? Because yeah. for the longest time it was I couldn't even get to the outside. I yeah. just you know, especially on a big old board and you're just a little kid, you're just getting thrashed. Yeah. But I made it to the outside, and I was, and that's kind of when I was like, you know what? I want to stop boogie boarding. I want to start standing up now. And I want to start. I want to learn how to surf. Hit the yeah. point right there. Yeah. Now was your stepdad like pretty helpful with that? Like he was. He was helpful for sure, but he didn't push me. Yeah. You know, like the surf contest. The idea of being a pro surfer back then was really not looked. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was looked down upon. Like everyone yeah. was soul surfing. You're going right? to go to college, yeah. you know, surfer. Yeah, right. That's not a career. Yeah, yeah. that was that <laughs> generation for sure. Like, you're not going to get paid for this. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And learning, you know, going back to Oxnard Shores, learning that spot. It, it, you know, like like you were saying, it's it's a dumpy, powerful, you know, unforgiving, wave. unforgiving wave. Like, yeah. To to learn how to duck dive, you know. A, a longboard in in a spot like that, you know, you that scares the, that scares the shit out of you, especially oh. if it's overhead, right? Yeah, and especially when you're trunking it, you yeah. know, like it's <laughs> no wetsuit, fucking cold, man. Cold, even in the summer, it's like freaking, yeah, maybe a short arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My first wetsuit was from the Ventura Swap Meet, and it cost five dollars. It was a O'Neill Long John, and I remember I'm like counting how many. I never forgot. I'm like, Dad, it has. 13 holes in it and he's like that's okay and they got this rubber glue and we glued every well, single cement. one of those holes they had yeah. wetsuit repair kit yeah like, you know the, the, With little, the little brush on the it brush. yeah the little I, I silver can we sell it hs so. yeah don't don't worry it won't rash you at all <laughs> so what was your first surfboard um like my, the one at the swap meet the, the wetsuit came from the swap meet oh. Ta you know 
Timmy Kernzelko was the one loaning me my board. Or, yeah. With the Jesus yeah. <laughs> logo. <laughs> Maybe that's what saved me. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, my first brand new surfboard, I, I used to go and, and I would look in shops and town and country back then was, you know, they always had these amazing airbrushes yeah. and twin. And I saw this one in the store. Obviously, my parents were like, we're not buying that for you. You know, it was like, <laughs> it's way too much money. It was a six channel twin fin. And I was like, okay. And my mom's like, well, your uncle makes surfboards <clears throat> for Harbor Surfboards. You're kidding. Kurt Augsburger. That's your uncle? By marriage, yeah. Wow. So she was like, well, we'll just get your, take a picture of it, of the airbrush and everything, and we'll just get Kurt to make you a board and just do like... the exact same airbrush. And they did it. They made what? me the exact same board. How with... old were you? When you? Oh, man, I was like in third grade. Holy shit. Yeah. So kind of early. Epic. Yeah, you so got a, you got a deal and you got what you wanted. Yeah, I so I got the airbrush and it had six channels and it was a twin fin and it was it was just an epic board. You even put the lightning bolt in the airbrush and game so, changer on that thing. Huh? Yeah. Have you ridden a twin fin yet, or were you just on no. single fins? No, I didn't even know what a twin fin. I mean, I was just like, this board's got two fins. That's got to yeah. be better than one. Like, yeah, you know, because back then there wasn't. I mean. You could try a bunch of different boards, but single fins were the norm, right? right. So yeah. tell us about so you finally getting that I board. I got on that board, and, and we had a couple little... We had one contest a year in Oxnard Shores. It was like a city contest, I remember. And you know, I was gearing up to be in that thing, and I wasn't very good. And I... You know, I got my first heat, and I thought I got barreled. <laughs> kind of like sure, every, every day. Yeah, I'm sure I didn't. I'm, but, you know, and I was having... And then in the heat, I got interference. I didn't even understand the rules. Oh, I probably wow. dropped in on someone, so oh. I didn't make the heat. And then this kid who actually ripped harder than anyone at the time, Colin Smith, he actually won the contest. Colin Smith? Yeah. The, the Colin Smith? Yeah. Okay. Who I, I surf with a lot now. Okay. I'm friends with and I see him all the time. Yeah. So he's from Oxnard too? No. His dad was like a commander at Point Magoo at the base. Mm. And so he didn't live up there or he would visit his dad but live with his mom down here. So he got to surf the contest because you're supposed to live in the area to surf yeah. it. Yeah. And but, Who's this guy coming into our town? Oh, man. I remember house. being like, I just, how do you surf that good? You know, like I didn't understand how he was, you know, our age and yeah. surfing so good. Yeah. What is it? Third grade, you said? Yeah. Third, fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. So you got introduced to competitive surfing pretty early. Yeah, but not really because in Oxnard, did, one, one they did him. not like contests. Got it. Got they it. did not like colors. They didn't have any color on your board, no colors on your wetsuit. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, was, it was black and white. It was black and white and you rode Bonzers. Like that was where the Campbell brothers were from. Yeah. So going back to when you first got that board, did you trip out on how much more performance and, and responsive it was? Like yeah, I I mean it was so, and it was so much smaller than I was used to, so yeah. I could I could maneuver it a little bit. Yeah. But I mean again, I wasn't very good, so I, yeah, you know, I mean, I was, yeah. you're catching waves, you're going. Down I was the phase. wiggling, you know, wiggling, wiggling yeah. at the best, you know. Yeah. But the airbrush made you surf better. <laughs> oh my god, I love the airbrush in the channels. I didn't even know what they did, but I loved the channels. Of course, right? Yeah. Uh, so oh, Colin so Smith was he like the guy that you're like, okay, shit, like this kid rips. I'm gonna hang out with him and. Well, then I moved down here, and then you know, okay. and I got on, you know, the on Gary Linden's team, on Linden's team, and then Colin was on the team already. So wait, 
how did you get on the team? Like, well, I moved down here and I was trying to, I was hanging out with Wits, bugging him a lot to give me any kind of sponsorship. I was just a shop rat. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like, Carlsbad Pipes? Pipeline. Carlsbad Pipelines. Yeah. Okay. And David Barr and Paul Barr were like the main, I guess, there was Joey Brand too, but Joey kind of, he, I don't know, was, I didn't see He's Joey probably as traveling much. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and those guys kind of took me under their wing and, and maybe do all kinds of weird shit, <laughs> but you know, like yeah. and, and as Grom a Grom, yeah, yeah, Grom stuff, you know, and earn your keep, and and so I got a shop sponsorship, and then so you got pretty good then. Well, no, I was still not. <laughs> I was still not. Just the, hang, you're just at a shop Grom hanging out, and I wasn't. A, I wasn't natural. I felt like there was like five or six kids that were better than me. Okay, but I was just like that worker kid. Okay. You know what I mean, like. How old were you when you guys moved down? Uh, right before seventh grade. Okay. So, yeah. So, so you were surfing every day I in was, Oxnard. And yeah. Then, and when you found out you're going to move down, were you like psyched or were you bummed? I was bummed. You, I was bummed. super bummed because I didn't know what it was like down here. Yeah. And I was like, just kind of got some friends and I, I got a little bit of a shop sponsorship from um, this guy in Port Wyneme, Butch Towers. And they used to own a surf shop there and... I lived in Port Wyneme for about two years. Again, like contest, no. Yeah. Contest, there was nothing up there. Contest, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? But I loved surfing. I didn't even care about contests. Yeah. And then I moved down here, and there was, everyone was wearing bright wetsuits, and everyone had big stickers shock, on their, huh? yeah, it was a culture shock. Yeah. I was like. Did you reconnect with Colin down here right away? Not right away, no. no. I just, I just remember him from the contest. He didn't remember me. Yeah. Um, and then I was kind of like, wow. And then I saw, you know, I'd see him surfing like at Swami's or in Cardiff and nobody hit the lip harder than that guy when he, we were For kids. Sure. I mean, yeah. it was just like, it made a sound, you know, like yeah. I was like, God damn, Ma- that guy's man, powerful. Yeah. yeah. I could only imagine him as, <laughs> I never saw him as like a Grom where he was always older and he was big, you know, he was like a man. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. So it was like, I'm like, oh man. And I felt like I was real low on the totem pole. Because there were so many good surfers here. And I'm like, you guys aren't getting beat up for wearing all this fluorescent shit? Like, what the <laughs> hell's going on around here? You know? Like, what a trip, nobody's right? mad about this? <laughs> like, so it was it was cool. It kind of... And the kinda, waves were probably way better. Oh, when I moved down here for the first summer, I didn't wear a wetsuit until November. I was like, the water is so warm. Yeah. I can't believe this. This it's is crazy. Cr- and you yeah. saw so couple- many more kids surfing. and Yeah, it was just like I would go to school. And when I was in school up there, you didn't like, I went to a junior high that you, we didn't wear surf shirts because you get beat up. You just didn't wear any town and country. And like my sister would be like, cover that up. Because wow. what a trip. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like I was the only surfer Super in underground my... up there here. It's like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like you gotta face. make sure people know you're surfing. Yeah, if you didn't have stickers on your, your folder at school and drawn <laughs> waves on it, then you're a kook. Well no. you had to have vans. Yeah. You had to have a Mr. Zog shirt, right? Yeah. Or Tap TNC was pretty yeah. 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 Up there was like, you know, the it was the the surfers were like the punk scene, you know, like Converse, high socks, listen to Black Flag. I mean, it was that group, and then there was like, there was the gangs, you know, and the the gangs were, they're not into surfers. No. (laughs) I I used to go stay with Pete Rocky up there for for NSSAs, and the hot spot was the golfing golfing stuff. Yep. And that's where all the like gangsters went and hung out, and it was like 
We're talking cholos and big time. Yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. And he's all, no, you're cool, you're cool. And like, it was like, <laughs> what are we doing? Long, here? flowy. Oh, yeah. Flowy yeah. blonde hair, <laughs> yeah. bleach blonde hair. I'm like, so if you just went straight towards the beach from golf and stuff, yeah. that's, you know, kind of where I was. And that was in the hub of that whole scene. Yeah. I think we had three stabbings at my junior high. Holy the junior high is not even there anymore. It's, it used to be called Blackstock. Wow. So yeah. Nuts. So you, you moved here. Get Seventh in, grade. Plugged into surf shop. Plugged yeah. into surfing. Wit, Wit Rollet was his name, yep, right? Yep, okay. that's right. And he kind of took you under his wing and put you on a semi-sponsorship. You you hung out there all the time. Got yeah, stickers. he told me I got a discount, but it was like him giving me the discount. The company didn't know about, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I, I tried to get on um, Canyon surfboards because he yep. carried Canyon surfboards and rusty shaped for Canyon, yep. you know? Yep. So I got... I got one board from Canyon, I remember, and then I went, and then David and Paul Barr convinced me to go over to Linden, and then that, at the time, that's when Gary was shaping for like Gerlach mm -hmm. and Todd Holland and Mike Lambrizzi and Colin sure. Smith and John Sibberall and yeah, you know, everybody. It was, it was a good team. I mean, yeah. he was kind of he yeah. had a gnarly team back then. Yeah, I mean. That roster right there is just fucking phenomenal. <laughs> I want to write for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna so, have to pay. It doesn't matter. Huh? Yeah, yeah. No. So it was cool. I, I was I was part of something, and it was accepted down here. And you know, like the contest, we used to have team like workouts. And who, who? So who was your like Rat Pack? Like you surfed with every day, or or hung out at the shop? I kind of just had like my group of friends from you know same cool. ones that I have now. Yeah. Like just like my. The guys I hung out with, they weren't really like they were all surf, but none of them were competitive. Yeah, yeah. I was the only one that was like competitive. I was the only one that wanted to do something in surfing. So, yeah. when when did you start getting hyper focused on contest competitive surfing? Probably in high school. Wow. Yeah. Not until then. Yeah, I got on the surf team in junior high, and that was a, that was killer. Yeah. I was stoked about that. And yeah. then the, all but the no contests. WSAs and SSAs in junior high. Yeah, Couple? I was doing them. Yeah. yeah, my my parents took me to um, back then. There was one season of NSSA and went up and down the coast from Santa Cruz to yeah. San Diego. Oh yeah, yeah. My parents were driving me, and I lost first round in every single <laughs> contest. And they were like, "Are you sure this is for you?" Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I they were driving me to Cayucas and Santa Cruz and like I would just go out and lose. Yeah. You know? And yeah. like that's kind of a gnarly commitment for them. Yeah. And then the next year I was like, "That's no, dedication to do, you." Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, "I'm doing it again." So the next year I made a few heats, like guys like Archie and Colin and Doug Silva and all these guys, they'd moved when I started, I was in juniors with them, and I was just getting smoked. Yeah. But then they all went up to men's. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I started making some heats. Like, isn't that weird? One one year difference, and like they move on. They move. Like, oh. Just the the caliber of talent progression progression yeah. in that one year at you know from twelve to fifteen is just it's crazy huge. Yeah. yeah. And so like. You know, my my crew during the NSS days were like Evan Slater and Brian Wildbacker. Those were like my two best friends. We kind of like travel around. And then there was Hans Hagen, you know, Sly Dog, Stephen Chu in, in Laguna. Yeah. Um, we were all on the national team together. And so the first year I made, I qualified for the nationals right before I was like, you know, I think I was a sophomore. I finally qualified to go to the nationals. 
And I was like over the moon. I was like, yeah. yes, I made it. I like top 15 or whatever. I think yeah. it was 14th or something. And, and where was the Nationals at? at Huntington, that time? I Huntington, think. Huh? Yeah. And so real quick, when you started riding for Linden, right? Yeah. How old were you? Seventh grade or eighth, eighth grade? grade? Yeah. Yeah. Like how stoked were you though? Oh my right? God. I was a part of something. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, you say you you didn't think you were a good surfer, but to get on a team like that, you have to be fucking pretty good. I got better. You know, it helped too. The, the Bar brothers, David and Paul, yeah. you know, they helped me out a lot. They would yeah. be like, Grom, if I see you bouncing, you know, they used to tell me you cannot bounce your board. You know, you got to weave. Yeah. yeah. So they would. Dude. That's, that's, I mean, you hear that listeners? Yeah. That's like <laughs> surfing one-on-one right there. We're, we're famous for the Huntington hop. The Huntington like, <laughs> Tom Curran come to a town and he didn't do one hop. The, it was straight. Those are the he's videos. He's slicing and dicing. Slicing and dicing. Yeah. yeah. And I used to watch those Kern videos at Huntington because he would yeah. come to the shore break and he would be weaving the entire time. Oh, yeah. Gosh. And he, they would be like, "You're until you look like that." <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's it. That's the goal right yeah. there. Yeah. So that that's so rad that you know you had guys like that who are you know they're kind of like pioneers and legends of our you know, sport for sure. And to have somebody like that, tell you how to surf and give you the proper guidance. Like, look, you know, in the, looking back at it, you see the importance of what it helped, yeah. you know, help and it, you and, become. And it's right? those little, you know, comments and those little like trip, you know, um, tactics that they, you know, that yeah. work out in the long run, you know, like it makes you all of a sudden you're probably out of contest that these other guys are hopping and, Whoa, look at this guy. He's this not guy even, Mr. Smooth. It just, yeah. yeah, it just progresses you so much farther. And I had PT as our junior high surf coach. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Dad. Which was PT gnarly. As a and I remember, surf coach. remember him is, I don't want to see you drop in and go down the line. I want to see you drop in and bottom turn. Yeah. And come straight, you know, like, he's, you know, that was, a, you know, that was the hardest thing as a, as a kid. You didn't have the power and the, the technique, but he was like, you gotta learn how to drop in straight and then come up. Even if there's not a lip, even if it's white water, even if it's like nothing, you need to come. And I just remember that. He's all that sets up the rest of the wave. And I just remember, and that, and and that's what we focused on. And he yeah. was there. I mean, who has PT and you know the bar guys like yeah. you know. So so Linden was your first kind of real kind of real sponsor. sponsor yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess you know you'd say like Butch Towers kind of gave me. A, you know, I hung out at his shop a lot, and uh, I don't know if it's even still there, but I, I think he passed away f several that years was ago. Port Wainimi, yeah. yeah. And um, I only lived there for two years, and then that's when we moved down here. Yeah. So um, this is when I this is when I was really like I didn't have to hide it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like up there, like. You would such a trip, your right? Sponsors. I mean, you wouldn't even want, yeah, because you just get shit. Yeah. You know, they'd like fucking go home or be take your stickers off or you know, like it was yeah. all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's still pretty gnarly up there, yeah. but not real. I mean, they try, but it's like yeah, we're in 2020 people. Yeah, so, it's a whole different scene yeah. now. <laughs> so Linden surfboards, and then you were surfing contests, but not super focused yet until high school right until high school and then i got on the national team my goal was to get on the national team but right before the nationals i like i said i got uh i had that back surgery you know i started having pain and 
So was that from a skateboarding incident or no? I thought it was because I was skating a lot at the time, yeah, like drainage ditches and stuff, yeah. And I fell on my ass really hard, and I remember thinking, like after that, like I had this pain shooting down my leg for like a couple months, and I couldn't. It was hard for me to sit at school in a chair. Mm. It bugged me. Yeah, straight down the leg. Yep. And that's what was happening. My L5 flipped out to a grade force. It's called the spondylolisthesis. So like you basically, your bones are all lined up in your spine. And my, my last vertebrae, L5, was all the way out from under. So it was cutting. It was like cutting into my sciatic. Mm. Wow. And so that's... But at a kid, you know, you just like... You don't I'm think, just paying. Yeah. Yeah. You just, just like, pop it back in. Yeah. And I slept guy, wrong. Yeah. We'll be fine tomorrow. And the guy was like, emergency surgery right now. We got to go. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, wow. Like, what? No, I have the nationals in like a couple weeks. And you're Can't... how old? I was 15. Oh my and I was God. like, can we just wait? Can I just do the national? He's like, no. I... Were, were you able to surf just in pain? Or I was like... able to surf, but I was in pain. And he was like, he goes, I can't believe you're not paralyzed from the waist down. You sh- you're... That's why they did the emergency. Because yeah. you could easily be He was paralyzed. like, you should. I don't, can't even believe you made it this far. Wow. Without being. You, you could be paralyzed at any second. Yeah. So what's that like feel like where you're. You, it's not like, hey, we're going to do the surgery in a month or two. It's like, we got to go in like how soon? Like within a week, I think I was what? in surgery. Yeah, like a seven-hour surgery. And in 1986, it's an arc. You're pretty archaic. Yeah, yeah. They were like, he's like, you're never gonna surf again, and you can't play contact sports for the rest of your life. What? And I was just like, what? You know, like At 15, and you're like psyched on surfing. Yeah, that was my whole skateboarding. Life. You're, you're. In... But that's not something any kid should hear at 15, oh let alone God. ever. But what did? So what? What happened that made you go to the doctor? Like it just kept hurting and... I went to a chiropractor and I was like, got adjusted and he adjusted me. And then the next morning I couldn't get out of bed. Like I was like, I was crying. I was like, my mom's like, go get up. You got to go to school. And I'm like, mom, I can't get out of bed. Like I can't, I'm in so much pain. That is. So he probably just triggered it more. And then it was like, okay, well, something's going on here. Like. Let's get you x-rays, but I'm sure you're fine. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then the x-rays were like, oh, shit. You know, this is really bad. Yeah. And then it was like, no. They, my whole world just felt like it was caving in. So Fuck, at 15. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to jump forward, but I watched, I tried to watch ARC last night and was seeing the the video of you and the fucking brace. Yeah. ARC, the documentary on this <laughs> by Josh Landon yeah. and Taylor Steele. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 check it out. so boom, week later, you, you get cut open. What do they do? They, they move the disc back they over? They cut bone off of my hip, like the inside of my hip, and they put two screws the size of my fingers through a metal bar so it looks like this. And then they put all the pieces of bone from my hip around it, hoping that it would grow all together into like... Calcify again? Yeah, so it would encase the hardware, and they were, you know, it were like it's a fifty-fifty chance whether it'll work, and luckily it worked for me. Wow! Um, How long were you uh, laid up for? I was in that back brace for six months. Oh my gosh! Yeah, doing nothing. I couldn't even take a shower. Like I had to be sponge bathed. Like I would have to lay down and take off half of the brace like the back from my back 
and then I would have to flip over and with like help probably with help yeah yeah and I'd have to sleep with it it was a nightmare it was Gnarly. so uncomfortable you it was crazy going to the bathroom taking yeah you can because twos. one it went down to my leg on one side it went down to my knee because they didn't want me um bending Moving. over yeah so that stopped me from movement wow so, <laughs> so wait you were 15 16 years old yeah then? and then and then stuck i couldn't go to school so i wasn't around kids i wasn't around anybody but my like parents so oh that was a <laughs> sorry mom and dad but that yeah. was kind of a nightmare and, it, and, and you didn't have social, social media there and, no... and there's four yeah. channels on the tv <laughs> yeah yeah and there was no vhs yet right like I think yeah, there, there might have been. been. There yeah, might have for been sure. for sure. But I would just read magazines, just daydreaming of oh. being able to surf again. Yeah, and then everyone. I mean, the rumors like the school were funny. Like people said I moved to Australia. Like, like my friends at school thought I like was gone. Yeah, you know, because like, it was so abrupt. Like you know, you probably didn't get a chance to. No, it was just like tell people like, like he just didn't show up for school this year. He's just gone. You know, like. So has has that initial surgery held this entire time, or did you have to go back and get some? They they wanted to. They talked about going in and breaking the bone apart and taking out the hardware. Yeah, and I just went, fuck that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll live with this. Yeah. you know. Yeah, it, that's crazy. So I still have three fused vertebrae, and all the hardware is still in there. Gnarly. It's so, okay. Hopefully, it's not rusting. Yeah. <laughs> so six months of like. Being in a brace, and then what did the doctor say? Like, oh, now you can he walk. Did, he just looked at the X-ray one day, and he went, "All right, now go." Yeah, it, the bones healed. Like, go. Like, just he, you can. No, no real instruction. No PT. Um, are you kidding me? Just yeah, you're good. And I was like, the bone, the bone surrounded the, uh, yeah, the hardware. Yeah, you're good to go. that's was his job was done. I mean. How how like atrophy and like stiff like what, what oh, was all that? I mean, oh. my legs were so skinny, you yeah. know. Like I had to like start working out, and so I would just, you know, we got magazines, and so I started reading. I always read everything on Tom Kern and Tom Carroll. Yeah, for and sure. And then I started reading the articles like, oh, they're training. I'm all training. Hey, they're training for surfing. Like there wasn't a lot of training. Nobody, no surfers I knew trained. Yeah. Who so was I, training? Carol and I think Kern was definitely sure. training too. Both of them. Wow. Yeah. Kern Carol was a workout freak too, yeah. like in the gym. So I just started going to the gym and like Carol's more of the meathead workout, like, you know, just the more like straightforward Tom would do more Kern like, or Carol? Carol did more of the like gym meat, stuff. Gym stuff. Yeah. And Curran did more of the like he would do stuff like sprints and sand because I think yeah. at the time he was living in France. Yeah. And so I read that he was like doing sprints up the sand dunes in Hasegar and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So, so and ballet, I heard, and rollerblading. And <laughs> going back to <laughs> Tom, we need to find out. I haven't gotten the rollerblading <laughs> in yet, but going back to when you were in a brace for six months, like, what what were you doing? Like, just reading Nothing. magazines and. Nothing. Sitting at home. Oh. I had a homeschool teacher that would come to my house and I, I would do schoolwork, you yeah. know. Uh, one of my friends in Carlsbad got in a horrific car accident right after this happened to me. And so it wasn't a cool thing, but he was getting homeschooled with me. So we were actually doing it together. Like he was in a wheelchair and I was in my back brace. Yeah. And, 
it was just I misery mean, loves company. So. We were like the funny odd couple, you yeah. know. Like at least we had each other yeah. during this time. Yeah, you know, we there was a lot of tears being shed. There was there was times where it was real hard to get through the day, and our our tutor was she was amazing, like so cool. This lady that came to our house was. She kept it, you know, she Fun was kind of interactive yeah. and spirits up. And yeah, I look back on her and I don't know what happened to her, but she was rad. Yeah. You know, I mean. It's crazy what, what you know, when, when the doctors told you that, you know, you weren't going to surf again. Like, what did you think? Like, Well, they lied to me in the beginning. They were like, oh, you're only going to be out of the water two months. And then I went to the two-month checkup and they're like, oh, another month. And I'm like, and I'm like I don't know, wait a minute. You guys just freaking lied to me yeah and i think to this day like my mom's like sorry but we had to lie to you because if we would have told you in the beginning you were supposed to be out of the water nine months like yeah. we just knew that was going to crush you like yeah but then it actually got crushed me even more when i got to the three month mark and the doctor was like Are you you're, you know you got at least another like four or five months and i was just like and that's when i went real down in a depressed kind of like yeah. dark place yeah you know? That's hard to take. That's a long time for a yeah. kid. But, but in but in hindsight, after you know, and then you get back on your feet, you're like, oh, our our minds are so messed up. You're like, yeah, it wasn't that bad, you know. Like I'm sure as yeah. time. So so the that day that that you got the brace off and the doctor said, oh, you're all good. Did he not say, or did you ask, what does that mean? Am I going to be able to surf? Like, oh no, I had I was already over him. In your in your <laughs> mind, you're already him. like. F whatever this guy yeah. has told me, I'm gonna fucking surf. Yeah, I was like double double bird to you. I'm out of here. Like you're not. I'm not gonna. I will die trying to surf again. <laughs> I literally was like, I will die. Yeah. And were I, you on the national team at that time? I wasn't. No, no but you're still like. But my friends were like yeah. Evan and Brian and you know Gosh. Hans and all those guys. And so I was just like, God, I'm like six months behind everyone. Everyone's yeah. been getting better, and I've just been sitting in a back brace. And I, and I hate to bring up those sad memories of that, but for you to come back and do what you've done is fucking phenomenal. You know, yeah. so so go go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you, you felt like, oh my gosh, these guys are light years ahead of me again or, or now yeah i felt like i was actually getting close and then right when i was getting close is when i oh, yeah. got pulled the rug got pulled under me and and so but i i noticed like i mean there is a gap here because like no one's training or taking this too serious like some of the guys who were better than me were already like oh yeah but i'm going to college like it wasn't i'm like god you're such a good surfer like you're not even thinking about going into pro surfing like yeah you know like what <laughs> so when did that click in your mind to be a pro surfer um then? like no no it was back when i was sitting on the steps of my house in oxnard shores <laughs> it was yeah i remember i remember looking at a surf magazine on the on the stairs of my house with my friend damien and i was just like i'm gonna this is the best job in the world yeah you know yeah like, like, I don't know what they make or what they do, but I want to be that guy yeah, in that I, magazine. I think somewhere, and I remember reading an article where they were like, yeah, he won $5,000 this year. I'm like, $5,000? <laughs> and he's surfing all these waves? I'm in. Like, I would have done it for five grand a year. Right yeah. then, I was ready. I was committed. Oh, five that's grand, so that's awesome. all I needed to hear. Yeah. So, so when did you surf again? Or like... I started, I kind of came back, I just kind of started 
easing my way in and I knew I was, you know, I took a couple months before I like really wanted to enter a contest, you know, I kind of wanted to be up to speed a little bit. Tell us like what that first day back in the Yeah, were you thinking like, I'm going to break my back again or like... I was worried. I was worried, you know, my friend in the wheelchair, he was like, he's like, go, let's, you know, let's just go for it. Let's go, you know, and I was like, oh my God. I remember it was Tamarack and it was cold. It was a winter day, but it was sunny and it was small, and I was just like, I remember paddling out, and I was like, oh my God, it was like spiritual, you know, like yeah. catching a wave and standing up, and he's there, and I felt, you know, I was like, God, you know, come on, man, you you gotta come do this with me, you know, yeah. and um, he just kind of never made it there, but um, I remember coming in, and everybody was like, you did it, man, you didn't break your back, like yeah. you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> did you stand up on your first wave? Yeah, what? I stood up and kind of like felt the wax under my feet, and I was like, oh, I felt at home again, oh you know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're like, dude, I'm, this is I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not broken. That's got to be so scary, though. Like, did you start crying? Yeah, it was pretty emotional. <laughs> was it was pretty say, emotional, yeah. man. It was pretty like, you know, we kind of just had a, like, a we had to hug it out, you know, on the beach, and... Yeah, man, he's still in his wheelchair, you know, and I'm just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. And I almost felt bad that yeah. I could go and he yeah. couldn't. And so there was all those emotions going on, yeah. you know, like I was happy and I was sad for him and I was happy for myself. And, yeah, you know, it was like a long, I know it's like, this is going to be a long road. Yeah. You know, this is just the beginning. And you, you missed a bunch of events that year. Were you doing like the whole NSSA? to say what, what, when did you get back in the water? You said wintertime. Yeah. So you're halfway through the season. Yeah. I just, that season that, was just kind of whatever. So yeah. I got in at the, the last few events and did, did all right. And then it was like the next year where like everything started clicking, you know, I was like, I was doing, st- I was going to the gym by myself and just trying to figure things out yeah yeah and reading the magazine like i didn't have a trainer yeah i was just so going how, there and how was your mom like what was your mom saying and thinking like how the hell did, did you do this <laughs> yes. how the hell did you get back into the i think they still had their doubts all through high school like this is still a career huh like you're still gonna go yeah. for this huh and you know, I was like, yeah. I mean, pretty much no one believed that you know i could do it but my two best friends who are still my best friends you know they were like they were really supportive so i just hung out with them I, my my network of friends was tight and small and it was just like i'm hanging out with people that are that are positive yeah you know and i don't care they don't need to cheer me on but they're not cheering against me yeah and which is like, typical with all the other competitive surfers that you're tight with and close to you yeah. know everybody people at my school were like you're crazy this is a stupid idea just go to college like yeah, yeah. you know it's like i'm just getting negativity or where i look and yeah. i was just gonna i was gonna pull it in real tight with people that i that i love and trust and they i'm like let's just go surfing boys like you guys love surfing i want to do something else with my surfing yeah but that's cool you know yeah. we yeah. all love surfing let's just get out there and they were always keen to video even though they weren't awesome. doing contests or anything. Yeah. They so we take turns on the beach, videoing each other. And but in that a trip that you got guys that you're tight with, they surf just as much, but they don't progress on the same level. Where you you know, because I find that interesting when I grew up with guys that surfed as much as I did. Yeah. And then you're like, you still don't know how to hit the lip, dude. Like, <laughs> you, yeah. Why, why are you still digging? What are you doing? You know, like. <laughs> We're doing. He does that to me all the time. We, 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 we've been in the water the same amount of time, but it, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can, you know, yeah. dissect that. But it's just 
You got a good support crew. Yeah. Hey, and we can't fucking help it if you guys are gifted. <laughs> All right? You know, thank you, you guys Lord. are gifted. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Late night has that kind of Kelly S thing going on with this surfing. I wouldn't go that far, dude. Come on, uh, he's had a little. He Come did on, back in go, the day. I would not go that You're a dick, far, dude. Yeah. Happy birthday, Kelly Sayer. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Kelly Sayer. <laughs> is this guy? Is this guy your friend? No. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> no, but I mean, your friends that you know, supported you and stuff, you know, they videoed, yeah, they came and hung out. You got, did they come down to the contest? Yeah, and, that's epic. Yeah, what was your first contest that you won or NSSA? Do you remember? Mm, first, uh, the first, I remember winning, like, there were CSAs back then too. Yeah, you know, and I CSAs and I remember winning, like, I did a lot of CSAs and NSSAs and then a few of the WSAs, but we didn't felt like the WSA was more of a, like there was more contests up north because sure. Chris Brown's dad was up from up there. So um, we had Liz Tice run ours. Liz Tice, yeah. yeah. And so I remember like, I think Greg used to run the CSAs and we used to compete against guys like, there would be different guys that would surf different kind of organizations. The yeah. There was a guy, Dave Rose from Newport Beach. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah. He surfed a lot of of the CSAs yeah. and did really well and won a lot. Brian Pottinger. I remember doing a lot of CSAs um, at Oceanside. They'd have them there like all a the ton time. there and a ton at Torrey Pines. And Torrey Pines. State Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Donovan Frankenrider. You know, everybody was, <clears throat> you know, doing it back then. And so I would just bounce and there was, there was many, many months where I was like every single weekend was a contest. Yeah. And I think about that for my parents now. I'm like, oh my God, man, that's gnarly. Damn. Every weekend. Yeah. Every weekend. Yeah. They were driving you, us around. Like, Did yeah. you do any other sports like soccer or baseball? I, I did time. soccer when I was younger yeah. and I really liked it. And then they wanted me to be on the swim team at the high school. And I was like, I'll do the competitions, but I'm not, not doing sure. the practices yeah. <laughs> because I got to serve. Like, yeah. And they're like, no, you can't be on the team if you don't go to practice. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not doing it. Yeah, that's it's hard at that point in high school where it's, you know, it's all or nothing, you know? Yeah. And we didn't have surf PE. So it was like... Oh, you didn't? No, and I didn't have a car all through high school. Cause How'd my, you get around? I was going to ask you that. My, my mom would drop me off. Like pick, it was kind of embarrassing getting picked up by you know, and you in high school by your mom, and I didn't care. I, like I knew that I wasn't the cool kid, you know. So she would just pick me up, drop me off at the beach, and I would say, "Mom, don't come back and pick me up until it's dark." Yeah. And then she would pick me up in the dark, and that yeah. was like what I did every day. And there, that was that was cool back then. Parents were like, you know, here's a dollar. You know, they give me some we'll quarters because the payphone, because there's yeah. no, you know, like there was a payphone across the street. Yeah. And if you lost a quarter, you'd have to go like find a quarter because you know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> you couldn't call. Like there was no cell phones. Was it even a dime at one point? Yeah, in time? It could have been a dime, I think, at some point <laughs> too time too. Yeah. So so back to your first contest. What what was the first contest? A CSA or one a... of the biggest ones, um, the CSA was I think it was a just a school CISF contest. Okay. You know? And that's when it you get that role going, you're like, oh, I found, I've won a little one. And then I kind of like, oh, I won it. And it's to say Explorer, yeah. you know, and then, but then you want to win an open because yeah, that yeah. was, you know, the yeah. big dog. The opens were the, they were the big dogs, yeah. you know? Yeah. The win an open was like, oh, yeah. I've made it. You're, yeah. You're on national, <laughs> national team and yeah, you're the best of the best. And then I ended up, you know, winning the, the nationals at HB and um, that it was, was in the final team, remember? 
I want to say maybe Deffenbaugh was there. You beat Deffenbaugh? Maybe C- In Huntington? That's maybe, hard to do. I know. I think Evan Slater. I think Hans Hagen. Maybe CC Beschloff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Out some yeah. There. There's some names out there. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, Nick Brown was another name. Oh, I remember Nick Brown. Jake Dworsky was another name. John Sibrel won a lot. Yeah. John John always did really well and like had a lot of contest wins. Paul Austin or no, or no what's Mark, that? Mark Austin. Mark Mark, yeah. Mark Austin was yeah he won the nationals one year too. Yeah. Oceanside. Did he really? Mark yeah. Austin won one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because he was in the men's. I didn't have a car. Obviously, I was. I remember Mark Austin, Steve Pugh, and another guy. And he, how, how's this quick little side Lakewood. note? So Mark Austin, we both made it to the finals at Oceanside Nationals, or it might have been the U.S. title. I don't even know. It was one one of the big ones. He was supposed to pick me up. I didn't wake up with my alarm. He knocked on the door and then like just left. I wake up at like this is like supposed to pick me up at like five thirty or five forty five or something like that. I wake up it's like six forty five. Oh, panic! In a panic, <laughs> like light. It's sunny out. Like you know, it's panic. Dad's gone. My mom and dad were not living together. I call my mom and my like babysitter or her like assistant Denise Gonzalez. She picks me up. And we floor it like eight, and I get there like twenty minutes before my heat. Like oh, no joke, wow. it was like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, she just dropped me off, and I said I'd get a ride home, and she just drove right back. Like, what? but the I, show is not about. I know, but just talking about like, <laughs> just that. This like, guy always wants to talk about. Hey, no, those are the these, stories. These though. bring up stories. Like, yeah, Mark Austin. I'm like, oh, that guy. The guy left me at home. Yeah. <laughs> but it was your fault. It was yeah. totally. Yeah, it, was, it was so ruthless back then. The guys were so ruthless, you know. But Jay- you, yeah, but you won. You made the national team. Who, yeah. who was uh, who was the biggest dick to compete against? Oh <laughs> man, I don't know. Like, it was back then. You know, it was him. <laughs> yeah, it could have been me. I, I mean, were you aggressive? Aggr- I, you know, you, I learned to be aggressive, people? like from Mike Lambrizzi. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> he taught. He would take me, and we'd run heats all the time. And he would literally just here comes a peak. You know, I think, and I, this is a right. You know, and he would go left on me and he would just plow me over, just <laughs> knock me over. Wow. Yeah. He better, he's all, better figure it out, Grom. That's and he would just big. go right all, up. Like, all these words of wisdom. From, yeah. From <laughs> he would just grab his rail backside. So he was like stable and he would just bash into me and knock me over. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but it's a right. There was no left there. He's all, I won. Yeah, I, I stood up first. Yep, I, I stood up first. Oh yeah. my god! And you fell down. This is called peak interference. <laughs> yeah, you know. Let's go. Let's go to Swami's or let's go to Lower, and we'll show you. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad funny. that surfing's changed in that way. Yeah. I'm glad it there's priority. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Both of you guys have. Have you ever won one of those? What U.S. Open or not U.S. Uh, Nationals? National? No, I've always like finished on the bottom of the finals. Did you ever win? A contest? I I won uh, NSSA opens and stuff yeah. and okay. yeah WSAs and you're still checking up on them. Yeah. Huh? Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> still I'm questioning just, them because like the the importance of winning those contests. But if we want to talk about right? me, yeah, um, you know, no, it, some it, it, US. Uh, the, the importance of winning those contests, right? Confidence yeah. level and you know you you already you already decided you were going to be a pro. Yeah. And and winning these contests Help give you confidence and you know, validate your, your dream. Right. And the cool thing about those contests too, is like having, you know, 
when they call your name last and winning the final, blah, 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 blah. And then you get that trophy, right? Yeah. Like, I've never had that experience. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys have and like, how cool. Well, that that and just the network of, you know, you have your little group here in Carlsbad, but then when you compete up and down the coast, you start meeting up with the best of guys, you know, in Santa Cruz or Central Coast and San Diego and HB. And then you start seeing these guys at every event. And then now you're on the national team with a lot of these guys. Like just having that like camaraderie, like yeah. in the sport is in those relationships is really cool. But at the end of the day, you want to beat them all. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like you want to be top dog. Yeah. I remember when, you know, you'd see somebody like get a sponsorship and you'd be like, God dang it. Like how did that guy get that? Yeah. Spon-? You know, like I want, I want to get sponsored. Yeah. And, I want to get free clothes. Yeah. You know, it's all about, I want to get my trips paid for and, so who was your first clothing sponsor? Oh man, I think back then it might have, you know, getting on the national team, we were autom- we were automatically spo- everyone was sponsored by Body Glove and Body OP. Glove and OP yeah. yeah, maybe OP was probably my yeah. first sponsorship. Yeah. And then I got sponsored by Stubbies for a little bit. Um what else? And were then you it was stoked funny. when you got your first box of OP Oh or god, like, yeah, I was so stoked because yeah. Tom Kern was on OP. And yeah. so I was like, I'm on the same team as Tom Kern and yeah. Gary yeah. Elkerton, even though they had no idea who I was. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, like in my mind, OP was a big We're brand. teammates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When am I going on a trip with Tom? Yeah. I was just like, I was just hoping to meet him someday in the factory or something. You know, yeah. Bonnie Crail used to run the OP back then. Bonnie Crail, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Chris Burke. Remember Big, Big B? Burke. Yeah. Big B. Burke was like the team manager. Um, trip. Yeah, and he used to kind of, he was hard on us, man. He'd be like, you think you're good? You got second? I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bonnie was really sweet. You know, I like yeah. Bonnie a lot. And Burke would just be like, God, you dating that girl? She's not even that pretty. I'm like, God. <laughs> tough <laughs> love. It was, t- it was tough love, you know. But it was, it was good. It, it was what molded us into, I guess, where I mean, some guys would just, you know, they couldn't take it. You know, you got to be able to take what the older guys were not welcoming. Yeah. You know, when you got, they on didn't tw- take it. I mean, it's rare. You even got Lambrizzi to take you under his wing. Cause that older, old school gen, they wouldn't, they wouldn't help out any of the. Next, no, they next weren't generation. into sharing. No, <laughs> no. So, uh, what was your first, uh, pro event fo- photo in the mag? Oh, fo- photo. photo. I think it was, you know, in the back of the magazine, they used to do like three amateurs. They yeah, give yeah. them a little picture. Performers. Little, yeah, performers. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it took me a long time to get in there. I remember like... Swaggles or who, t- who took it? Swaggles. <laughs> Love Swaggles. Yeah. In fact, I was thinking about Swaggles this morning and I, don't, I haven't thought about the guy in forever. Yeah. It's funny you should bring him up. Yeah, yeah. Swaggles is the man. I love Fred, right? Fred yeah. Swaggles? Yeah, yeah Swaggles. he was a good dude. Yeah. He cared about the sport and he, he was such a nice guy. And, you know, every it seemed like I was the last guy to get in. But he found, he found it. <laughs> he seriously, it did. all my friends, all of them got in before me. But that guy found the niche of like, Filming the next, you know, following the amateur events and finding who's hot and, you know, getting those photos. I, yeah. That was, I mean, he was the one getting the photos of everybody's first shot, pretty much. Yeah. Unless it was an ad, you know. And then you had to get through the Iron Gates flame. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like getting yeah through or his approval, it took a long time unless you grew up at Salt Creek and you were like 
Pat O'Connor or Mark Bellinger and he, yeah. he loved you and yeah. <laughs> he yeah. shot you every day at the beach. I was just some yeah. kid from Carlsbad that would call him up and bug the shit out of him probably, you know, like, yeah. hey man, did you, did you get that shot? What do you think? Like, you know, like <laughs> a thousand of those calls. Most of the times he didn't even pick up my phone call. Yeah. <laughs> Your eyes were closed. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have blurry. bright enough wetsuits. <laughs> he didn't wear color. Yeah. So, so performers, NSSA, national team, then, then like, where was your stepping stones? Like, you're watching the Bud Tour events? Yeah, I was watching, I was doing, I used to, like, when I was in my back brace, I, um, I was, I got a job working at Stubbies, the Stubbies Pro. Doing the, oh. So, I was in, ironically enough, I was in charge of the handicap area. I was security for the handicap area in my back brace. And so this one. You don't look like me. You're not getting in. Yeah. <laughs> I had my blades on. You know, I had my back brace from my chest to my knees. And this, this big Hawaiian guy came up to me and said, hey, I want to film from this platform. You know, he was, he was coaching Sonny and John Schmuka. And I was like. Ipa? Yeah. <laughs> ben Ipa. And so in 1986 is when I met Ben. And, and he'd be like. Hey man, I'm like, oh, I don't. I was like, I can't. I'm not going to say no to this guy, even though I'm not supposed to let anyone on here that yeah. isn't handicapped. So I was like, fuck it, come on in. You know, if I get fired, they're only paying me a t-shirt. Yeah, I didn't pay for the whole week of work. He didn't it. introduce himself. He just says, hey, I'm here. He to said, he just said, I'm Ben. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm Ben. And so we got to know each other because we sat next to each other for a week straight, and yeah. he was filming. And then Sonny and Shmoo would come in and get you know, tips from Ben and he, Ben had this big video camera and he was videoing all their waves. It was a year Gerlach won. And then, um, we used to have a lot of pros come to Carlsbad, like Terry Richardson. You would stay at the bar's house, uh, rabbit. So we had, and Robbie page was in Carlsbad, like all the time. So we had like pros that would come in town and so hung cool. out. And so at the end of the week, Ben goes, you know, I told Ben I surfed and he's looking at, Probably looking at me going, okay, kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He had no idea who I was. And he was like, hey, if you, you come to Hawaii, you can stay with me. Sick. And I was like, what? This is amazing. Like, wow. Got invited to stay with Ben Ipa. So a couple years later, I called him. I'm like, hey, man, I'm I'm surfing. And he's like, come on over. Stay with me. You know, like okay. I said, you can stay with me. What a, what a freaking blessing to freaking run into that and that yeah. i mean if you take anything bad at your injury it's you, sitting you, in that <laughs> handicap section and meeting ben ipe at 15 16 Dude. yeah it was just there was all these things that happened to me in my life along the way that made these small connections yeah and that's why surfing is so beautiful you meet some guy and you're like oh yeah man i worked with you at quicksilver like i don't know 20 years ago and now you're you're this huge hedge fund guy, but you know, like, and now you're getting into, you know, investing. So yeah, come on. I'll help. I remember you. I'll help you out. Like yeah. it's a small network of, of yeah. kind of like people out there that you don't realize that like, there's some people that are really successful in, in a monetary sense, but they were, but they love surfing. They're yeah. just like surfers out there. Yeah. You know, all these doctors that surf and stuff like it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, you run into all these small connections and then, it all links together, and what brings us all together is surfing. Yeah, the love for that ocean. Yeah, we yeah we we talk to so many people, and they're you know it's just a spider web of you know from relationships, all walks of life, but, yeah, and all walks of careers. Yeah, it's pretty bitching. So, so, what was your first surf trip? Hawaii. Hawaii, wow. yeah, with the national team, which was um, 
which was another funny thing. My best friend in high school, he wasn't on the national team, but he came over with me and we had like, we had $200 for 10 days to live off. <laughs> and like, 10 bucks a day. Yeah, we found a, found a place, a found this crazy, terrible, rat-infested house, but like we got a bed for 10 bucks a night with a bunch of other dudes that we didn't know. We were just in, we were like a two. type setup. It was a hostile setup. Yeah. We were like 16. We're in there with like 35-year-olds from Central Coast. Yeah. I remember we nicknamed one guy Redbeard. And he would just tell these crazy stories at night. And we would just be like, this guy's nuts. You know what I mean? Like, because we were real straight laced. We didn't drink. We were partying. Yeah. We had no money. My friend that I went over with, we were out at Ayukai. Lance Collins ends up running him over his foot. And he has to go to the hospital and get stitches. Oh, my God. Lance ran him over, yelled at him. He had to go. So he flew home the next day. He's like, I'm out of here. I can't serve. So then I was like by myself. Wait, your friend got run over by yeah, that? Yeah. Oh my, my God. best friend that I went there with got ran over on some small day. At, oh. Yeah, pretty funny. Looking back on it, it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I love Lance. Yeah. Yeah. And um and so I was just kind of alone and another weird situation where I had Carl's a Carlsbad pipeline sticker on my board and this I was surfing Rocky Point and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm running out of money. And this guy came, he goes, "Hey." He goes, you see, I'm like, oh no, this is, you know, he's coming after me. Like, he he's going to send me in, or I did something wrong. And he goes, You're from Carlsbad? And I was like, Yep. <laughs> he goes, You know Joey? And I'm like, Yeah, I know Joey. And he's like, Oh, I love Joey. Joey's my friend. And he's like, Where are you staying? And I'm like, Oh, I'm here. And he's all, Just come and stay with me. And he ended up being a North Shore lifeguard. You're Mike kidding. Botello, yeah. And he let me stay wow. with him at his house at Rocky Point. And his neighbor was Reynos Hayes. So, and I kind of got to know Reynos, and it was wow. like, yeah, it was cool. Like, Reynos would walk by, he's all, hey, let's go surf. And the, the networking back then, yeah. like, you're going to, <laughs> we, we, there's so many stories where it's like, I just showed up to a place, I had no money, I didn't even know where I was going to sleep, but then it, it just works out because, again, the, the surf community embraces, and it's all about, oh, you're, you know, like, my door's open, yeah. you know, yeah. the floor's open, you know, like, come Wait. and stay. You you have that element, but you also have bad elements. For sure, you know. Like, For sure, it's not all it's not all good. Yeah. But you know the fact that you know he's over on the North Shore and this happens. Yeah. I mean, that's a good element right there. Yeah, and then the the I, what the the best part of the story that I completely forgot is that we flew over together. I flew over with my friend and Evan Slater and I think Brian Wildbacker. We got we got cheap tickets. Of course, we didn't realize that we landed at one in the morning. And so we get there and we're like, oh man, it's like one in the morning. So we have to pay this taxi driver a hundred dollars. And that's a lot of money back then. We oh all had to like, gosh. To, to, he drip and it was three in the morning. He drops us off at Sunset Beach. It's three in the morning and we don't know where, what house we need to go to. And we're like, walk with sun comes up and we're here we're gonna get killed like with all so your we, gear all our gear so we stuffed all our gear in the bushes at sunset we hid it all and we were running around looking into people's windows trying to find what house we were and i'm, I'm like this is such a like, and your parents are like yeah i'm so happy to take this path of life yeah. <laughs> and i was like god if we get caught looking into somebody's window oh my god like we're going to get the shit beat out of us, you know? If, yeah. if the sun comes up and we don't get out of here and they pull up on us and we got all our board bags and all our gear. Yeah, some going to be like, that's mine now. Yeah. yeah. It's mine now. 
Dude, that's so crazy. Yes. So did you get uh, your first introduction over there to like Winter Swell? And yeah, yeah, it was. Um, what kind of board did you bring? I brought, I think, two. Two. Like yeah. a six, six. I remember it was one of the boards and then like a short board. Yeah. It was like my boards. Yeah. Two. And you were in win winter time. Oh, yeah. Like we were in like December. Yeah. You know, and it was like I was surfing, obviously not like. We'd paddle out when sunset was small and think we, you know, we thought it was 10 foot, yeah. but oh, it was probably like out. six foot, you know, yeah. or something like that. And Rocky Point. And I remember my last session of the trip was out off the wall and there was hardly anyone out. I thought it looked really good. I think it might have been good, but today's standards, it was probably a very average day. Yeah. And I got, I tried to pull in the tube and I got slammed onto the reef on my hip like really bad. Like I was like, Oh, I can barely walk, you know? And I was just like, perfect. You know, it was my last session in Hawaii yeah. and I'm limping out of here, but you know, I made it. Natalie. I survived. And you get some good ones. Yeah, like, it was fun. It yeah. was like, I spent a lot of time alone. Um, which I, you know, it seemed like my whole life at Oxnard, when Oxnard, I was alone. There was no kids to really surf with or play yeah. with. Then I moved to Carlsbad and I lived off this off ramp, but there was only one housing development off this off ramp. Think about that. Like, yeah. All this was hills. There's no, we, I had two friends that lived off this and we surfed the campground and we wouldn't see people come to our beach for sometimes two weeks. We would surf alone every single day. So it just seemed like wherever, wherever I was going and doing in life, I would have these like big chunks of time where I was by myself, which was cool yeah, you know, yeah looking back on it and like it made you would you surf and just hang out on the beach and watch like guys all day or what, what would you do on your downtime yeah i would just go down and, and i'd be you know looking around for pros and if i saw a pro i'd be stoked i'd fall them down to the beach and <laughs> see what they're riding just watch they're you know out, yeah. yeah all that you know i was just observing everything and yeah. trying to learn way different these days huh yeah. nowadays it's everything's a live <laughs> cam yeah or, you that know. that yeah you get the reports i mean we would you know, gauge on what size the swell is going to be by the, you know, by this, by the buoys. And you'd be like, okay, well, I can't surf these three spots because it's going to be too gnarly <laughs> or that place is, you know, it's too, you know, like you, you just had to kind of figure it out. Yeah. And, and now you, it's like, there's no cars, you know, you would be the only way hitchhiking, that was bike. it. Yeah. Just hitchhiking. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, You'd be like, you see this huge truck coming, you're like, oh god, I hope I don't get picked up by this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, Ugh. but one of the best experiences get hitchhiking was I got picked up by Johnny Boy, and I remember, no way. Yeah, I pulled over, and I was like, oh shit. And you know who it is? Yeah. And I know. I, I thought him. maybe he was pulling over to yell at us. It was yeah. me and my friend. I was like, oh, he's just gonna yell at us, Hallies, <laughs> for sure. And he was like, hey, and I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, get in the back, and I'm like. Okay, you know, like giant raised yeah, truck. Yeah, giant raised truck. truck. And I remember just like, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> and you just peeled out and then laughed, you know. I was like, that was, did you tell him where you wanted to go or where you wanted? I didn't tell him anything. I go, you can just take us wherever you want to take us. <laughs> That's so big. Because the North Shore seems so big back then, you know, kind of, you know, as you get older and you yeah. spend more time, it's like, it's not very, you know, unless you want to go on the Hollywood, but like, Everything's pretty tight. Yeah. But oh, so when tight. you're a kid and you're skateboarding or riding a bike or walking, like seven miles is seven hundred. It's a long walk from like sunset to like yeah. you know, pipe, you know? Like <laughs> you're like, that's 
You're missing uh, some waves, and that's brutal. Yeah, when we were staying, I was telling you in that hostel, we it was at log cabins. I remember it was a big swell, and me and my friend, we walked straight to the beach at logs. Okay, it was we're not surfing here, and we just walked. We didn't even know. We walked by pipeline. We're like, I think this is pipeline. There was no one out. Yeah. Or, and but we didn't know. We were like, what spot is this? And we just we walked from logs all the way to Sunset Beach in on the sand. Yeah. And my friend was like. I got a cramp in my right leg and my left leg feels totally fine. <laughs> Cause it was like an, an angle at the yeah. beach. You know? <laughs> we're like walking down this beach because we didn't walk the, yeah, we didn't want to walk the road in, in, in case we get yelled at. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was so funny. That is amazing. Oh. So when did you what at what point in time did you think, okay, and how did you turn pro? Like when did you Um it was Back then, it was all kind of based around the world amateur titles, okay. and I think it happened every two years. Yeah. So after I won the nationals in '89, I think it was no '88. I think I won it in '88, and then there was no world title thing uh, in '89, and so it was like I graduated from high school, and I remember OP was like, "Okay, well, we'll give you a contract for 500 a month." And I was like... 500 a month. Yeah, 500 a month. To turn pro. Yeah. And you didn't do any uh, pro events or anything yet? Did you? Uh, um, I did some I did some PSAs. I went to like Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. And I got like, I think, highest amateur. That was like an award back then. You'd go on the Bud Tour. Yeah. But there was an award for being the highest amateur. Because you're, you know, you're against all the pros. Like, yeah. you know, the Bar Brothers and Jimmy Hogan and, you know, Charlie Kuhn and all those guys. And yeah. Lambreeze, they'd all make the final and win it. But... Like if an amateur made a quarters, yeah, you yeah. know that was like that's a, a big deal. It was a big deal, yeah. super cool. And one of the bigger contests I had was the team event, the Caton. Um, Sean Collins entered a team, like an amateur team. He yeah. paid for us. It was me. I know Shane Beshin. Uh, I can't remember who the other two guys were. It probably was. I would assume Deffenbaugh. He's you know somebody, somebody like that. Yeah. yeah. But then everyone on the team, Sean a, Collins, that. Started surfline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, was it a surfline team or was it a... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he he paid for us to be in, which was super cool because all the other teams were pretty much pro. I mean, I think the NSSA might have entered their men's, like a group of their men's guys. But then like everyone on the team lost but me and I actually was in... I had a couple more heats and I was kept going in this contest and it was like Sean would come down and support me and... Because it was an individual... Mm-hmm. Ratings, but, right? But you still had to. It was accumulative yeah. for your team. Yeah, right. So, and like I kept making my heats, and it was just like me and Sean down there, and I didn't really know him back then. You know, it was just he was just kind of you know Sean is he's quiet. Yeah, he's not real outspoken, and he'd just be like, "Good job." Every time I made a heat, he'd be sitting down, "Good job, man." And I'm like, "Oh, thanks, man." You know, <laughs> little did I know that he knew my uncle Kurt really well. Um, from you know the yeah. Seal Beach yeah. connection and all that, and so I kept progressing and I made the quarters and I think I even made the semis. So it, all those other guys went home and they're like, "Oh, we lost and our team's not going to make the final cut." But because I got made to like so the semis or the quarters, our team made the final cut, and then so they all had to come back. <laughs> <laughs> like we're actually still in this, guys. Yeah. Like Knox pulled it off somehow, yeah. you know. That's epic. And, and there's no cell phone back then. It was like, no. yeah, so you got to go leave a message and get home. Because, you know, you, the, the communication back then, if oh, they yeah. had to drive back to Carlsbad, like that's a 
Yeah. It's a loop. Long, it's yeah. A loop. Yeah. It was cool because they got to go home for a day, but it was like, hey, you guys all need to come back up here tomorrow. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Knocks me, you know. And so I had those Bud Tour events. And so when I talked to OP after I graduated, I was like, well, what if I do good at the World Amateur Titles next year? They're like, well, we'll double your contract, but yeah. we're not going to, it means you're not going to get paid for this whole year. I mean, you're just going to have to put all your eggs in one basket. So that's what I did. I was like, I was like, fine, I won't take the contract now. And I'm just going to wait. For so the you world. postponed turn to pro yep. so you could surf the world amateur titles in Japan. And that, and, and that you finished above Kelly that, that Yeah, I, I beat Kelly in the semis in, uh, what's that island? Najima, the yeah, island yeah. of Najima. That's where the finals were. Yeah, and so I, so I ended up being the highest American. I um, got, I think I got an interference in the final. <laughs> <laughs> Tahitian guy that won. Um, Hifata, I think his name is. Harada? Hifata. Okay. Yeah, he ended up winning. Australian guy that I never, I, it's weird. Like he got second there and then I just never saw him ever again or his name or anything. Like, he became a fisherman and yeah, you know, like a you boat know. driver. Was that, <laughs> was that when you got nicknamed Bonehead? No, the whole Bonehead <laughs> thing, that's that's interesting because the Bonehead thing came from Mike Lambrizi. Okay. So we used to surf together every single day. For about three years, we'd be at Oceanside Harbor every single day because yeah. Mike... He was already an established pro. For sure. He was always he was already like a two-time bud champion. Yeah. And so he would just I would be his whipping boy. He would just beat up on me, like, come down, let's go. We'll yeah. go run heats and you sparring know sparring partner. Sparring partner, right? Couldn't and, ask for anybody better though, you know, your home <laughs> grading, right? Yeah. I wanna uh, how do you win heats? Okay, I'm gonna listen. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, you probably helped him stay, you know, on his game and and yeah, because I was super into it. Yeah, you know, and there—I don't think there was a lot of guys that were ready to get up at you know five thirty every single morning and go surf two foot ocean side. You yeah. know, like most guys would be like, "I'll sleep in. I'll get that. I'll get there later." You know, yeah. but Mike had—he was already married. He already had kids, so he, like he had to get up early and get it, get his surfs in. You yeah. know, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll be on your program," and and um, that's kind of rad. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, a lot of guys and a lot of people were, you know, would be like, "Oh, you know, Lambrizi's so aggressive and stuff," and you know, and he was just he would get under people's skin. Yeah, but Mike was that was Mike though. Like Mike would do it and laugh about it. Yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. Like, he thought it was funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he irritated. Like I remember Dave Parman are chasing him down the beach at Warm Waters at a bud tour screaming at him because he like paddled around him or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is called competition. And I was just like, oh my God, like this guy's like chasing him down. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So yeah, I ended up going back to OP and I was like, Well, I got highest American. And they're like, Okay, we're gonna give you twelve hundred a month. Sick. So Sick. I, yeah, I was stoked. I was like I was 20 years old, no, 19 or 20, 20, no, 19. I was 19 and I was finally going to be able to get a car. Dude, you <laughs> yeah. never got a car until you're 20 years old, 19 years old? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a long wait. My parents, you know, I kept asking for a Dodge Dart. I had this Dodge Dart. I was like, it's $500. Only five. They wouldn't buy it for me. They're like, we're not buying you a car unless you get a job. So Certainly like, it's not a job. I'm yeah. like, if I get a job after school, then I can't surf. Like, yeah, I just, but yeah, probably. Yeah. You, you know, once you get used to it, you work around it, you get rides and yeah. Yeah. I was awesome. just getting, I owe, I owe a lot of, I owe some 
friends of mine a lot of rides. Yeah. But it paid off. <laughs> I owe David Barr like a thousand <laughs> breakfasts. <laughs> like I was like the grand that had no money, no car, like but yeah, I didn't care. I didn't mind. So, so who Yeah. I was yeah. just gonna say, so like the you're doing the PSAAs or Bud Tours or whatever they were called at that time, and then the top forty four, right? It was just trials at that time. Or, you know, yeah, there like was what, trials. At what year was this? 90, 91? Well, then it changed. Like, Kelly went and did a few contests on the tour. He got wild cards. Yeah. And he did well. I think mean, he went to France. And he made did, that cut the first yeah, year. Yeah, he made that cut. And then they changed the system to where Bud Tours were actually great Q, like um, QSs. Like, yeah. there were two stars. But you could almost qualify for the tour by staying home in America. Yeah. You just had to travel to like a few places to hit some. Like you could basically stay in America, go do a couple in Brazil, go do a couple in Australia and make sure you hit Hawaii at the end. Yeah. And you could qualify that way. Like I, I remember I did really good on the Bud Tour one year. I won my first pro contest, I think with Steamer Lane. Um, and then I. a PSA. I, yep. And then I went nice. to, and then I think I was in the final with you there. Oh man, that, that, and the, what were the waves I was kind of, the waves were pumping. Well, wow. for back then. And yeah. the funny thing was it was probably six foot, you know, six foot. Yeah. But I was on a six, nine and I remember That's a big freaking board. Yeah. But I just watched the year before Tom Kern at the cold, cold water. water. Yeah. And he Bingo. wrote a six, yeah. and he wrote a 69. Yeah. That was still one of the greatest performances I've ever oh, seen oh live. Him and Elko battle. I remember going up there with my that, friend 69 Morris Cole, I think he was on. Yep. And yeah, he was turning that thing like a Were you still on Lindens? No. I was at that time I was on Rusty's. Okay. I swooped over to Rusty's. Okay. Yeah. Probably right before I turned pro and got on tour, I was yeah, I went over to Rusty. And that worked out good for me too, because yeah. Rusty was, he was pretty on point. He yeah. had a big team, and he was, he was doing clothing. Yeah. So there was that. Yeah. yeah. Big package. But you yeah. were, you were, your first year as a pro was under OP. No, I think I my first I went to OP for a year, got that contract. But when I was on tour, I started the tour with Rusty. Okay. On Rusty. Got it. Yeah. Kind of. I think there's some changes that. I think at OP, I think Bonnie Crail might have left or something, and they were going through some changes yeah, and there. You you were like part of the original Rusty fucking world team. Well, yeah, I mean Rusty got famous obviously for Aki riding his boards, yeah. and then like Chris Frohoff was on Rusty, yeah. and those Mike Parsons. But what, Dave I mean, Parmenter. I'm talking about like the clothing. Yeah, the that, clothing part of it. Right, that's when I kind of came yeah. along. I was like in that initial clothing group. Yeah. And, and it worked out. I mean, God, it was like, for me, I think I started off with like 60 grand a year or something. It was like big money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was living high on the hog, yeah. 60 grand a year. Yeah, man. yeah not including, <laughs> including prize money or other sponsors. So was your mom, like when you, when you told your mom, hey, I'm getting a salary of 60k yeah they couldn't believe it yeah. they were just like wow okay all right kid like did, you're did gonna they, did yeah. they school you on like savings and taxes oh and my like, god you know, like for what do you mean i'm not getting 60 i gotta put how much you know because yeah. that's everybody's biggest mistake Down not call. just in our sport but all sports right you know not having that guidance and stuff and yeah they, i mean obviously we'll get into how you've done well over the years but you know it's that early age that you make yeah. a lot of bad 
mistakes. Right. Well, they, didn't, they wouldn't buy him a $500 dart. Yeah. So. <laughs> I still want that dart. Yeah. <laughs> But so, no, no agents, like, you know, no. you're just, you know. And it was intimidating going in there to talk to these guys and talk about money. And it was yeah. just like, oh. Was it PT running Rusty then? He no? came on a few years After, later. Okay. Yep. PT, good old PT. You had a long run with Rusty too, right? Uh, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, you know, when PT came on and, and obviously Kalani was just skyrocketing, you know, through the ranks. And yeah. And the Hobgoods. Hobgoods were... Like right behind Kalani, they were still kind of Groms. Yeah, it was so it was like Pat was right. Pat, yeah, Chester, Snips, Snips, myself, Beshin was on Rusty. Um, That lineup was heavy. Yeah, Yeah, there was a lot of really good John Logan from the East Coast. Yeah, he was a Rusty. Yeah, he was the Rusty guy. Um, It was a good crew. Like we all, they had that contest in Maui, Honolulu Bay. Rusty did. He had that for a few years and. And then, yeah, I think PT and I, we, we came to some disagreement on the, my renegotiation of my contract. And, and that's when, um, yeah, it was just, I think things for Rusty, Rusty was kind of like blowing up and there were, but I think they were looking more at like Kalani being, you know, poster, guys, poster, poster child for yeah. Rusty and stuff. And yeah, so it was time for me to kind of graduate on to yeah. something new. Seven so, years though with, with one sponsors a pretty damn long time. Yeah, right? that's a good that's a good run. That's it's a good sure. run. It's a good run for sure. And I didn't really want to leave. Um, it just we didn't see eye to eye. Yeah. you know, and that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's all it right. It's, I mean, that's a, that's the nature of the business. I do love Rusty though. Like yeah. when I was one of the the guys that like a lot of guys there when I was riding for him, they would get boards from um, they would get boards from Rusty, but a lot would get boards from Rick Hammond. He was one of he yeah. still yeah. shapes there, I think. Yeah, and Bill. Bar? No. No, Bill. Wasn't there? Uh, Bill. Um, Rocket. God, I'm drawing a blank. The Hobgoods used yeah, him yeah. a lot. Um, I know who you're talking yeah. about, too. Yeah. It's Bill something. Yeah, sorry. We're bad. <laughs> we'll get it. He had the Rocket logo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I was getting my boards from Rusty. Yeah. So I kind of have a special relationship with Rusty. Yeah. It was cool because, you know, I was getting pretty much... I just kind of started switching over and getting all my boards from Rusty, which not a lot of guys were getting all their boards from Rusty. And I think he was stoked on that too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So cool. that, that, that year you committed to the bud tour and like you said, Kelly made it the year before, right. Or uh-huh. doing the, the trials and stuff. Like there was a, a year or two where it was like, you and Pato and Deffenbaugh and maybe even Kalani, like real young. There was like five or six young bucks, momentum generation guys that all made the tour, yeah, the world tour off. Like you, you just said the Bud Tour and doing a couple of Hawaii events or a couple of random events. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Kalani didn't qualify for a, a couple of years later. A couple of years later, but like, I know the year I qualified, Rob qualified. Rob. I'm pretty Bashin. sure Beshin, Dorian, I think Dorian. qualified. I think Ross Williams maybe was the next year. Yeah. And Pat wasn't. He was doing in the summer, so he was like a couple years later. Yeah. After in the summer was over. But so like, we're talking <clears throat> in nowadays WCT, like the, yeah. the main stage. Yeah. yeah. But there was a big turnover within a couple of years, and I remember I was a few years behind you guys, and I just remember like. You never every, made it though. Every, and no, I never made it. Such a dick. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's talk about that. It's not about me, Lyndon. Yeah, it's not about you. Uh, but the, uh, they, that's when events started popping up, competitive events with higher ratings like all over. Like yeah. South America, Europe, Japan. You know, there, started, there, there, there was an explosion of qualifying events. That I remember was, one year I did 26 contests. Wow. Yeah. You, there was contests all over the world going on all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, like... And it got... So what I'm saying is like just after those couple of years, it started getting like really hard because you would either have to go surf a four-star at, you know, in England or Brazil or Australia, and you had a really selective... You know, choose your events. Yeah, they all shitty spots. Yeah, yeah. you know, like you oh, know, not Australia. Right, no, you know, as much, but there's Brazil, you know, Japan. There's a lot of tough, you know, events, and if you didn't place in those four or five stars, you weren't making the tour. Yeah, like you know, the two, you know, the the getting results in two and three stars because of the point ratings. Like you just, even if you won them all, you you'd still yeah fall short. Like when I qualified, the biggest contest of the entire year, there was one four star and it was Hot Sunset Beach. Yeah. And that, you know, luckily I made the final of that contest because I was like on the verge of, I was right on the bubble. And there was a bunch of guys that were like right around me that we were all like going, anybody could just flip flop here and you could be off the tour yeah. or on the tour like that. Hey, Al, what, what do I need to get? A third? Okay. Does that guy <laughs> need to get like fifth? Okay. Like. Yeah. yeah, you're like, Oh, it's it's a nightmare, but it was. I guess looking back on it, it was pretty cool because you'd be on the stands, you'd be like, "Fuck, I hope that guy loses because he, I need him to lose, and I need to make this." Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do that now, but it's through fantasy surfing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fall, fall. No, this is so much fun playing that. So, how long did you do the qualifying to get? Just one year. One year. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I did it. Uh, Rob and I, we started the that year together and yeah we ended up qualifying both that year yeah together so so who were you riding for when you made the tour rusty rusty was still rusty yeah it was rusty early on early days you know like again like going to the north shore with a quiver which quiver was four four surfboards you know and if you broke your six six now you're riding a six you're riding yeah you're just like (laughs) you know now they have Three six sixes and three six eights and three, you know every kid has like fifty surfboards yeah. set. Two so, two bags instead of one. Yeah. So or three bags containers. You know, so talking about Hawaii, you did well over. Was it sunset or Haleiwa that four star? Sunset. Sunset. Yeah. And you know how did you like handle the, the big surf? Like, you know, do you have any practice prior to or just going to Hawaii every winter or? Uh, just a couple. You know, I don't know what it was early on in my life. I just really liked big waves. Mm-hmm. I was. I don't know. I was talking to Shane about it before, and it was like, and he was like, "You're you're just born with it. Yeah, it's not something you can coach into someone. Yeah, you can't if they don't if they're not into surfing twenty foot waves. Yeah, you you can get them out there. You know, you might get them into the lineup. But they're not. You, they just don't want it. Yeah, you know, and you you just as a kid, I think maybe growing up in in a rough beach break and learning that way, I, maybe there's something that clicked way back then. It was yeah. like. Hey, I know I can get thrashed and yeah. still make it through this. Yeah, you know, or yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a good perspective to have because I mean, I think that is a lot between the years, you know. But it's 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 also you know like putting yourself through some traumatic 
events maybe when you're younger and you just don't realize it. Who knows, you know? Like, yeah. It, it, there's no way to probably pinpoint it, but I mean, there wasn't a big focus on big wave surfing when we were like kids. Of course, they had Waimea was like the, the spot, you know? There yeah. wasn't all these big wave spots yeah. and you went to Hawaii and... You you started going to Totus a lot though, right? But yeah. Yeah, I, I that's when, when I started the Bud Tour, I became friends with Parsons and we started hanging out together, I think, because we were on... OP together and then yeah we were on, we were on OP together and so got, and then he was super into it yeah. you know what I mean then he'd be like hey we're going down you're now. going Grom you know and I was like I mean for 10 years straight he would any swell that came in you the were winter, the go-to call we were going to Toto so I was like yeah. we weren't going to be able to surf any I was like can we just surf like a fun point break or something? nope <laughs> yeah straight to Toto's every time it's straight to Toto's on every big swell <laughs> He was a frother. Yeah. And I was just the Grom. And it was be like Mike was the main dude. Then Brock would come over or Chester. And I was I was just kind of like, that's cool because they were getting all the press for it. And I wasn't, which mm. I was totally fine with. I didn't want that. You yeah. Know? Like I wanted to be a tour surfer. Yeah. But they brought the setup. They had the photographers, the connections. And, you know, like you were kind of just flying under the radar. Yeah. I was just going out with, you know, I graduated from being on the Ponga to Rob Brown's boat. And Rob Brown was the guy who shot it more than anyone. Yeah. You know, he was out there and he actually had his own boat. And that was like when you really knew you made it, when you got on Rob's boat. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, like, yeah, I'm on Rob's boat, a Cadillac with, you know, the yeah. nice boat. Yeah. You know, that's when you felt like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm one of the boys now. You know? I'm on Rob's <laughs> boat. Yeah. So it was super cool to, to experience that, especially with Mike, because Mike was, you know, for being a skinny guy, man, he's fearless, you know? Yeah, fearless. You'd, well, look, you'd yeah. be like, and then you'd see some guys who were, you, you know, big muscle dudes, and they didn't want any part of it. Yeah. And that's when you're like, whoa, okay. That's, yeah, this does separate the men from the boys. Yeah, you <laughs> gotta have a little bit of crazy or something. Yeah, you, know, you like, do. I I uh, stayed at Poncho's and Love's floor a lot, and Noah Johnson. You know, he's not a big dude. No, he would. He'd be so frothing, and he'd paddling out. And I'm like, and I put the board under my. I'm like. <laughs> See, why would you even paddle? Where are you going? You know? yeah. and he would, he was like, I'm going to paddle out the Phantoms, you know, I'm going to paddle out the Himalayas or whatever. Like I'm just later yeah, with <laughs> nobody, with somebody. And I'd be like, you are freaking nuts. Yeah. Like that's what I, that was my, I'm like, yeah, have fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, you weren't allowed to say no back then where we, you know, like when we, all of us were around like Chester and Brock, like there was no saying no. Yeah. You know, I remember like, Waimea being huge one day and I was like oh stoked I don't have a board sorry boys can't say. they're like oh we got a board for you you know and like they found me this old West Lane board that he'd left there probably years before and I was like oh man like really yeah they're like yeah Grom you're on you're gonna ride that you know and I remember taking off and the back of the board just lifts completely into the air while the front of the board is stuck to the water then pivoting sideways and just cartwheeling down this wave. And I was like, this board is, it's, it's a, the antichrist of surfboards. It's bad. It does not want to like yeah. stay in the water. And there's like 20 foot out here. Like, and I'd be sitting off to the, at the end of the line and Chester would be, I remember he had an ankle injury. So he was out there swimming and body surfing. He'd be like, get your ass over into the peak. And I'm like, 
Are you serious? I'm happy right here. Yeah. Get over there. And as minute, the minute I pull, I paddle over there. Roger Erickson's like sitting 25 yards past everybody outside. The minute I paddle over there, this closeout set comes and just cleans up everybody. And I was just like, broke my leash. You know, the leash broke. Board's like on the other side of the bay. And I finally get to the beach. You know, and then. I was like, okay, well, at least the leash broke. I don't have to go back out, you know? Like, yeah. Then Brock comes down. Here, here's a leash. Yeah, back out there again. I'm Gosh. like, oh. Those guys were I'd so... I'd take injuries. I'd take injuries all the time. Those guys were so... <laughs> you couldn't. You just couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't allow you to do that. But, it, you know, the froth level, like, those guys would get is, was, is just, you know, like not sleeping the night before not because they're scared they're waxing up their board just like yeah. waiting i can't i can't wait till the light comes up yeah i can't wait to get out there and you're just like what yeah it's it was an awesome time to grow up i think the 90s were just such a golden era for surfing in yeah. the early 2000s 90s all that you know from like 19 you know late 80s to like 2005 or 7 it was just like surfing was just amazing yeah the industry was probably at its healthiest with yeah. contests sponsorship particip- everybody's everybody's making money yeah you know like yeah. it, it it's like salaries are going up the entire time for not only surfers but everyone in the industry yeah you know yeah. it's just a good thing for everybody yeah for sure you know um so after rusty because there's so many facets of your career, you know? Yeah. The big wave surfing. <laughs> yeah. Which was kind of not like one of your biggest things, but it's definitely a, a world-renowned thing. Yeah, it was a milestone yeah. for, for sure. It was one that I wasn't ready for because I never thought I was going to be... I, I never looked at myself like that. You know, it was just like I went out there just for me. Yeah. Because they were... It was like Mike and it was Brock and it was all those guys getting the photos in big waves and I wasn't. It was just... I was just out there with them and yeah. I was having a blast. I was just having a good time and the pressure was never on me. And and then, yeah, I mean, that, that K2 came up with that idea and I didn't sign up for it. And I didn't, I can't, you know, I just would refuse to sign up for that. Um, you had to fill out this form and sign a waiver for the K2, you know, and I wouldn't do it. And, but Rob Brown was like, look, if, I'm not letting you on my boat unless you sign up. And then I realized why, because the photo- the winning photographer got five grand. Oh, <laughs> so he was like, you're not getting on my boat unless you sign up. And I'm like, I don't want to sign up. I don't even want to be in this thing. It's like, not for me. It's for, you know, it's for all these other guys that they, they seem so, to want it more. Who was out that day? Do you remember? Well, yeah, it was a contest. It was an ISA contest. It was yeah. an ISA country contest. And each country got to put in two guys. So like South Africa had two guys come in. Australia had two guys. Hawaii. We're talking totos. Totos for yeah. a big wave. So yeah. I think I know who like Ross Clark Jones was there and Briley was there and Brock was there. And um, oh, these two brothers, two, two guys, Rastafarians from South Africa that charged big waves. I forgot their names. But um, and then we two guys from France were there. And so there was all these countries represented it. And so for whatever reason, they picked me and Snips. And at the time I was like, well, really it should be Snips and Pete Mel, you know, like he was doing some, he was charging up at Mavericks. 
but they picked me. I, I don't know why. Like, I felt like I shouldn't have been in it, you know? And huh. so, that's a trip. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And, um, and the contest to let, to remind people and people have never heard of it, K2 was a reef. It was a reef contest. It was a reef contest. A reef ISA games contest. Oh. But K2 was just whoever caught the biggest wave in the, the entire yeah. world. That was just an added bonus. Yeah. The funny thing was, is the contest we were doing at Totos was for free. There was no money. It was just, we were just right. doing a contest to get a trophy. Yeah. Basically. But that entered you into the K2 wave of the winner type. Yeah. Big but, wave. Because Rob Brown forced me to sign the waiver. Yeah. Um, because there's five grand in it for him. Yeah. If, if yeah. yeah, the irony is whoever took the photo, right? Yeah, but Les Walker won it because he was on the beach taking photos. Oh, he no. was the only one on the island. Wow. So it gave a truer. So I felt really bad for Rob. Yeah. Here, sign this. I'm gonna get it. Wow. <laughs> that is incredible. That's right. It was the uh, it was Les Walker. Yeah, it was the beach angle. Yeah. And and I I like I told you I, earlier I watched Ark last night and saw the footage of that day and how you took a fucking serious beating yeah and the way before the way everyone before. was clapping laughing yeah brock was you could see brock like clapping and laughing at me yeah and snips and yeah they all and, thought it was super funny yeah in, in your head you're like fuck you guys oh yeah. i was so mad they were laughing at me man <laughs> and i remember you know snips that's my daughter, Jordan, by the way. Hi, Jordan. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, as I was paddling back out from that wipeout, he goes, Knox, paddle deeper than everybody and take off as deep as you can on the biggest wave you can find. Who was that? Snips. Oh, Snips. Oh. And so I literally, from that wipeout, I paddled out. It was like a continuous paddle to where I just paddled deeper than everybody. And then that wave came. And I just said to myself, I'm going to, it didn't look like any bigger. There were so many big waves that day. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, it was huge. Just came right All what would you call day it? long. Like, 50 feet. Like, I saw <laughs> Terrence McNulty get dragged underwater for, like, 400 yards. Like, and that guy was a madman at Totos during those years. Yeah. Terrence McNulty was He was underwater for 400 yards? I swear, the wave that hit him was 60 foot. It just cleaned him up so bad. And I was like, holy smokes, I might not even catch a wave out here. It's yeah. scary out here. And I just kind of, and I got mad and I kind of just paddled out. And that was the first wave I saw. And I just went, I'm going. But you can't tell how big a wave is when yeah. you see it In the deep coming at you yeah. from deep water. You know, it looks like just like every other big wave out there. Yeah. And luckily it had like this weird little chip that I got. Like on this, this chip and it kind of got, let me get to my feet before it was kind of like I caught it and then there was going, I knew I was going over a ledge like snowboarding yeah. and I just, I got, I remember I like got real low. I kind of squatted down because I knew I felt like I was going to go in the air. air and I just went. And air got under your board. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. You, you disconnected and reconnected. There's like one photo where almost, yeah, all the fins are out of the water. Yeah, yeah, I watched that last night, and <laughs> my my palms got sweaty thinking, why the fuck would anybody do that? <laughs> After fucking just taking a beating on the first one, right? To 
Because Brock and Snip were <laughs> laughing at me and making fun of me. That's why. Yeah, I'm going to show these guys. They sell go deeper than everybody. I'm going. And you don't know. Like, you don't look behind you when you're riding a wave. So yeah. I just kicked out thinking, like, it's just another wave today. Yeah. But I was like, you know, fuck you, Brock and Snips. Ha ha, I did it. You know, like. Yeah. Did you keep surfing after that wave? No, the, the, this is the irony of this whole thing is that I lost in that heat. I had a 10 and a wipeout. Oh. I fought a 10 and a 1. Oh. And I needed a 2. And so I lost the heat that I actually won 50 grand in. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. So won. that day, you're thinking, damn, like, I, I am... I, I let down Snips and Team America. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I lost in that heat. And it was just like, well, oh well. And I remember driving home and when I was driving home, Snips was telling me, he's like, dude, your life has changed. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's all, you don't realize what that wave looked like. And I'm like, no, I mean, I saw yeah. so many crazy things that day. Carlos yeah. Burle and Briley and just, it was nutty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, I just kind of, I was like, what are you talking about? You, you don't even know. You don't even know like what that looked like. Your, your life is going to change. And I'm yeah. like, what do you, I just didn't understand what he was talking about. Yeah, I mean, did it just hit the, the reef right, this right wet, you know, like what made that wave versus some of the other giant waves you saw that day? I think what happened was it was a wave, it, what, if you're talking about pipe and you yeah. know how like you talk about there's those waves that barely miss second reef uh-huh. and that then one. they load up on the first reef yep. and that's kind of what that kind wave was. So. It was like it, it missed and it just loaded up. It was like a huge medium wave because normally the waves... And they're always super hollow there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but that thing just like. And in, the, in out. the photography back then, it's film. So you don't get instant, like, you don't really know how, oh, no. they're, how they're going to turn out for a few know, days I, to a week. Oh, or... I didn't know for like over a month. Wow. Like, Sonny Miller shot it in 16 mil. Like, he, he was like one of the few guys on the beach. I yeah. don't think there was any video going on. Yeah. And then Les Walker. So you know? crazy. And he like turned his film in and. He, and Nobody is email, right? Yeah. So Nothing. there was like they get their slide, and it was wasn't like they could text it to you or yeah. email it to you or. <laughs> no. Yeah, then you they would look say, on, the, on the you know the 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 thirty five millimeter box with the the you know, yeah magnifier. So then the slide goes to like Flame or whoever or Jeff Devine, and it sits on their table. But you still don't know. They they don't call you and be like, dude, you got a crazy one. They're, yeah. You just be like going about your day and your normal life. And how long until the awards like after that surf till when they did the, uh, you oh, know, like a couple two, months, two months. Yeah. Yeah. Till you won the fifty five k. Yeah. I it was February eighteenth. It was seventeen, sixteen, something like that. Yeah. In the middle of February. And did that like obviously you know propel you. For you know, huge payday. But then you know, when was did that affect contracts and sponsors and everything else? Oh like yeah, that? well it, it didn't hurt that I was on a I was then writing for a company called No Fear. Yeah. So they right. were super stoked. Right. You know, like it fit there. Is that your most lucrative contract? No Fear. Um, probably Planet Earth. Planet Earth was. Yeah, Planet wow. Earth audio, like that being on that program. Yeah. So was that after Rusty or was that so? After Rusty went to, um, I went to No Fear. Yeah, I went to No Fear, right? Yeah. 
I think I went to No Fear. Okay. Um, I no went, Fear was like a pretty big contract, right? Or No, maybe I... No maybe Fear I, was big. I, maybe, well, maybe, yeah, good, that was good. a big contract. Maybe I was on... Anyway, I was I was on audio for twice as long as Planet Earth because Planet Earth's contract, I think they after four years they decided not to pursue clothing. pursue, but but Such audio just kept rolling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and skate shoe companies were paying big time. Yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, they were, and they they were making a lot of money. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. they were doing really well. Yeah, I mean that was like God. You know, shoe sponsorships were awesome back then. Yeah, we talk we talk <laughs> about you know the Globe, DVS, yeah. and oh, yeah, you DC, got, or like Osiris, and you got all yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, they were all just. Here you go. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> sure. But that just goes to show you that how much money they were making. Yeah. Because you're Mega not bucks. You're not giving away a lot of money if you're not making a lot <laughs> yeah, of money. Yeah, those owners were tucking away <laughs> ten times that. You yeah. Know, they yeah, were like that guy's pretty smart businessman, entrepreneur, right? Chris Miller. Yeah, he's really. Because he's smart. the one that did audio and Planet Earth. Right? Yeah. yeah, and he had five companies. Another one called Mercury. I think he had a snow outerwear line. Like, yeah. He's a smart guy. Yeah. An incredible skateboarder, yeah, and a really good surfer actually too. Yeah, he's pretty talented. That's cool. I like um, hearing good stories. You know, people that like are passionate. You know, maybe is an, an incredible skater, but loves surfing and is like, dude, even though I skate, I'm gonna support surf. And you know, that's yeah, how it was surf skate snow is. So how how did you there. get on No Fear? Like, uh, well, they're here in Carlsbad, and I had a couple friends that worked there, and then. Sonny was sponsored by him, so he he gave me a thumbs up, yeah. you know, and and I I just remember going like, you know what, this is it's a little bit out of the surf world, but you know I was ready for something different, you know, and I, and I obviously wasn't you know didn't have like Quicksilver or Billabong knocking on my door, so I thought like I'll go with them. They're they're a little bit more sporty, yeah. You yeah. know, and I was kind of. You ride motorcycles too? No, you never no. got motorcycles. So. I, I would kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'd be bad on the back. <laughs> My daughter has a Harley, but yeah. I I don't ride. No. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I saw you in a Taylor Still movie with a. Uh, Dude, that was, <laughs> that was scary, man. That freaked me out. Like riding that thing was so. That bike was worth a lot of money. Yeah. And this guy that owned that bike was a huge bodybuilder. Like, he showed up. He was massive. Like, yeah. And Taylor's like, oh, yeah, you're going to ride his bike. bike. And I was like, what? I don't even know how to ride bikes. <laughs> and it had this nitrous switch on it. Injection? Fuel yeah. Injection? And he's like, whatever you do, don't hit that switch. You'll go from, like, zero to 100 and, like... I'm like riding around the streets of Encinitas like, what? Don't, and I was looking down like, don't hit the switch, you know, like yeah. trying to act cool for the camera. Like, oh uh, man, I was so nervous. That's yeah. no fun. Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Other <Yeah>. Taylor. <laughs> you know, Steel always gave me the most embarrassing things to do. I but, don't know. Kelly's had some, everybody's, I think, had some good, good, you know, skits. <laughs> skits. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about the momentum generation. Which, which movie... I know we're gonna run out of time here. Yeah, gonna we're gonna have to come back and yeah, do come a back. Second yeah, follow-up. we can do it next week. Yeah, yeah. that'd be epic. For sure, because there's there's just too much to talk about. Like you know, here you guys on tour, like the momentum, all the all the boys on tour, but then you're trying to film and compete for the best film. Oh section. god, we have so many stories. I have so many stories about that too. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's yeah. I thought, I thought you were my it's, bro, man. Like oh, you know? <laughs> I think that the. the 
the rivalry between, you know, with the Taylor Steele getting part thing was almost worse than contest. Really? Yeah. We've never really heard that. Uh, yeah, we, we did. Yeah, about like who gets the last section, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and, you know, who gets... I mean, imagine like you're part, even free part, surfs yeah. are intense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're like trying to outdo each other and you want to get the best wave of the session. It's not a heat, but you still want to get you're the best. In a heat. Yeah. You're in a heat, basically. Yeah. But with your friends, so that's an, and you're not wearing jerseys. Yeah. So there's, there's not, there's not a, you can't just paddle around your friend like in the session, right? I mean, yeah. that's like. We we're not wearing jerseys, yeah. but I mean, it was next to that. Like it was real close to like, yeah, it was cutthroat. And I'm cutthroat. not talking about other people. I'm, I'm sure I was too, you know, but it was, um, it was gnarly. It was but we, healthy, guys, healthy competition, but I'm sure it got a little out of hand. It, it got, it got, people got edgy. Yeah. You know, I, I, there was a couple of stories, like, I think it was focus or, or I think it was focus where. I was surfing like a bigger board at Cave Rock and we were there for the Gunston and Gunston, it was like chest high in Durban. Yeah. And then Chris Van Linup, because I lost in the contest and so did Dorian and Conan. We were all staying together, but Chris's car, he's all, I only got room for three, bro. Oh, <laughs> so he's got one a little the, beater, a little, yeah, a little beater. Toyota Corolla. Yep. Like, yeah. And so... One of us, one of the servers had to stay back or, or so we kinda we kinda snuck out of the house without Conan. <laughs> he was not happy about it at all. And we ended up getting all this like amazing footage and photos. Me and Shane at big, big K Rock. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, to this day I think Conan's pissed. <laughs> that was an incredible like wave setup though. You know, it's kinda half sand, half yeah. reef, and it was just Perfect peaks with, you know, peaks that kind of ran right. You know, it was kind of, you know, it wasn't perfect all the time, but it was perfect. You know what I mean? It wasn't like just an easy, kind of shifty, shelfy. It was like a freaking really good spot, though. Yeah, yeah it was It was like a beach bake on steroids because yeah. of the reef. Yeah. So even though it was a little random, there it would definitely De be spots. breaking in certain yeah. you know, takeoff zones. You know, like you were like, I could just sit there and get barreled. So yeah. that footage is in focus, or is that? Yeah, I was riding a six nine rusty. Wow. Yeah, it was like it was solid. The waves were like ten foot. Yeah, it was it was pretty big. I'm gonna have to find yeah. that video and and watch. I'm that pretty part. sure it's focus. Yeah, it's not momentum two, and it's not. Good What's times. your? I know. And I was wearing I was wearing a rust. I was riding on a rusty. I know there's a lot of parts that you've had. Is there one that particularly like makes you most proud, or like? In your prime, that you saw, you think you're you're in your prime, or I gave a lot. I, I mean, I gave a lot to every one of those those videos. You know, like I, I always I think momentum two was the the first time I had a part, and that was really cool. Momentum yeah. two was the one that was yeah. the like like coming out party. That was um, I so really like good times. Go, go yeah. back to to when you first the first momentum right. That I think I only had like maybe one turn in that one. I didn't really know Taylor. I yeah, I wasn't really in moment. He went to Puerto Escondido where he got that, that Ariel Kelly yeah. on the on the left. You yeah. know that famous one. Yep. Um, I really didn't have a part in that one. I might have had and one or two. And when you saw turns. that, and you saw that you got one wave in that, and you saw like 
all your boys getting yeah i mean yeah. you're like how the heck am i gonna get more yeah this, yeah right? well taylor i kind of <laughs> met him and he was like yeah you know call me because he lived down on the beach and i was up here and yeah. even though you don't think that's very far but yeah. You know, back then it was like a 15-minute yeah. drive. I was like, oh, now I'm coming all the way up there. <laughs> so I, it was a year that I had never seen Oceanside. The The harbor mouth blew out. The river blew out. Yeah. And it was the best waves I've ever To this day, I've ever seen in Oceanside. And Almost it, your whole part yes. is that, right? So yeah. I would show up and I would call Taylor from the payphone at the harbor. And I'd so be like, dude, it's going off. And he's like, okay, you sure? Because I'm going to drive all the way up there, you know? <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, 20 minutes. <laughs> like gas money, you know? Like, we'd be scrounging for five bucks of gas money. Like, <laughs> yeah. nobody was getting paid back then, you know what I mean? Barely anything. Or Taylor wasn't. We we kind of had some sponsorship. Yeah. And so, yeah, he just kept coming up and filming. And, and I'm like, I didn't know if I had enough footage for a part yeah. or not, you know? Because you didn't see any of the footage. He would just come, shoot. And then leave. Yeah. Yeah. Never see the footage. Like, did I get some? Did I not? Like, yeah. how'd it turn out? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you're going to have a part in the next movie, man. It's looking good. And I'm like, oh, stoked. And then my first time I ever saw it was at the premiere. You're yeah. kidding me. Yeah. You never got to. I never got to see he it. He never said like, oh, yeah. He told me. He's like, yeah, you, you, got, you a got a part, part and you got some good stuff. Yeah. And then. Um, it looked like that part was within a couple of sessions. Yeah. You know, like, and I think that's what inspired or, or, or made people strive to have, like, make it look like their parts. I know you're filming in all different locations, but, oh, I got all these waves, you know, wearing the same wetsuit, look, same board, same, you know, make it Chris look Roy like, did that, right? yeah, made it look like I, you know, I got all these in one super yeah. session, you know, yeah. there's like guys that kind of, you but know, I think Ark that. was my favorite. Yeah. Mark was the, it was my most proud thing to put out there because, um, it was like a, you only get one signature movie. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and that's it. And my whole thing was I really wanted to shoot it on 16 mil. And that was when everyone was already going to the video. Yeah. And I was like, I just really want to make a movie and a film. Yeah. And so Josh Landon shot all that. And we... Did, did you know him then or no? I wanted Taylor Steele to do it. And he's like, <laughs> oh, I'm too busy. You know, it's like Taylor was just like skyrocketing yeah you know, big time he big time me basically he goes i got this kid he's 17 he's up in ventura he, he shoots timmy kern and keith a lot and he says you know he's, he's good at filming and i'm like what are you i'm gonna use some guy i've never even met like, yeah so i call i, I want talk this to, to be Joe. poor specimen i want this to be taylor Steele. yeah and i was like so I talked to him on the phone, and I'm like, I can't believe that like I'm making my signature movie with a with this kid that I've never even met before, like yeah. V team. But he he knew how to shoot film, and I yeah. was like, all right. And we had like we made that whole movie at thirty five thousand dollars. Dang. And we had a certain amount of film, and then who we puts did, up that money? Sponsors. Uh, Planet Earth and Audio did. Nice. Yeah, Desi. Nice. And um Desi. So he loved Desi. Oh gosh. And so we bought this as much film as we could with the budget, and that was it. Then he'd be like, We made that whole movie in thirteen sessions. Wow. What? Yeah. That's incredible. Dang. Watched he, it on YouTube last night. And he would be like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he'd be like he'd be like, Are you feeling it today? Because we were all we're down to three rolls of film. And like and I'd be like, no, no pressure. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, no, not. Let's just wait today, you know. And then it'd be like, yep, I'm feeling it. Let's do it, you know. 
Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I know. I got to go. go. Yeah. Gotta go. So we're going to cut it off there. Yeah. Okay. And come back. We'll, we'll come back. To, yeah. And we'll, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about more f- momentum. There's way too much to talk about. So. And we're, you know, you guys. This is episode one. We should do it at like, you know, three in the morning or something. Late, <laughs> when late night's really feeling it. And feeling Chalky it? will be asleep. <laughs> yeah. And then we can just talk shit about Chalky yeah. the whole time. <laughs> I'm down. Because Chalky won't be able to keep up. Yeah. You don't All know right. what late night can do, Chalky. I know. I know. Okay, hold, hold, hold out, best of them in. All right. We'll have to ones. maybe call in Tom Rulon to give a couple oh, stories. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Rizal. Jeez. I don't even know. <laughs> Rulon. All right. We're going to cut it off. T Bone, take one. Take one. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.